You're listening to the Major Pod Network, the only place where your favorite toy store, card shop, arcade, theme park, and arena are all on the same block. Scratch that major itch. The following announcement has been paid for by the Major World Order. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Major World Order. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Peck. I am a ring announcer for PWP Live, Omaha, Nebraska's longest-running wrestling organization, and FWF Live. And with me is... Hasfar, a.k.a. The Major Mark Kid, a.k.a. Handsome Mosfar, a.k.a. Heartbreak Cosfar, a.k.a. Jingle Bells, Jake Boski Smells, and what this is. The big Jake Boski, the Sean <laughs> Kemp of sneaker collecting, the guy who next time sees Husfar in person will put him in a headlock and then invert it into a DDT and plow that giant forehead right into the concrete. Jake Wyatt, welcome to the latest edition of the Major World Order podcast, where it's just two. <clears throat> you sound like sweet from work. What the welcome. janitor? <laughs> janitor? Jake the janitor. Jake the janitor. Uh, Jake's got You know that would have been uh, Duke the Dumpster's tag team partner. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe Jake Mitch can hook me up with a little uh, like bushwhacker action. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm, I got mops in my what hand. What do you want, marionette? Sure, whatever <laughs> you want, pal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for checking us out. If it's your first time, last time, only time, 141st time, <laughs> we're um, all experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we appreciate oh. you being here. Nonetheless, you can check oh. us out on all social media: X, Threads, Instagram, at Major World Order, Facebook. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, those are the main YouTube. ones. Then there's YouTube.com slash Major World Order and Patreon.com slash Major World Order. I think we got a fun one on our hands, boys. Yes. So, um, you know, this person, uh, I became aware of him uh, a number of years ago due to being uh, involved in the wrestling scene in the Midwest and... Uh, you know, found out that he was a major mark, uh, which I thought was also very cool to find, you know, someone from around these parts that is also big into figure collecting. And it's a big part of, you know, their story. And, uh, you know, I, we'll get into all of it. You know, I, he has a very interesting story. He's a very uh, unique performer. And I think a lot of people are going to enjoy learning about him. Let's bring on... Our guest. Claim leave you stained like Hawaiian punch, running up on you like the FBI did Trump. This little dude is no saving him, about to kick his ass to the curb like Pete Davidson. This other dude can't handle, looking like a broke-ass Christopher Daniels. You getting run down, man, the acclaimed in the house, we're the uncrowned champs. So... 
Let's bring on. <laughs> you'll know Damn. him in the Facebook Damn. group as Travis Horn, but as a professional wrestler, you will know him as JT Energy, who did happen to have a, a you know, a little disrap uh, in his name from <laughs> someone in the acclaimed. Please welcome JT Energy to the show. What's up? Broke-ass Christopher Daniels is in the house tonight. <laughs> some people know me as JT Energy. Some people know me as Travis Horn. But on that night, and it, believe me, even before that night, broke-ass Christopher Daniels was a real thing. But <laughs> really, <laughs> I got I got my money off that. I made bracelets. I sold them. And I made money and ran with that for at least a couple months. Because why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, dude, that, that very smart. It's wise. You know, uh, with all of us being obviously connected to, you know, Matt Cardona, you know, he said multiple times the indie God was a spoof that he was doing one night. You know, he's done that several times. He's Buzz Lightyear, right. uh, you know, other other uh, inspired gear, you know, from movies and cartoons and whatever. And indie God took off. So it's like, oh, whoa, hey, man, I got to I got to use this. So. You could either go, haha, yeah, I was called a broke ass Christopher Daniels, or you could get upset by it. But no, you did what any proper, you know, wrestler should do, and that is use that, make money, get name recognition, all of that stuff. And I think that's great. Yeah, you can you can direct me where you want, but when it comes to being smart when it comes to the world of pro wrestling on how you want to maximize your minutes and get that cash flow back in your pocket from what you've invested. I think some pro wrestlers probably sleep on the idea that even if you don't like action figures, you have a podcast where you have someone as smart as Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and Mark Sterling who secretly drop little tidbits on how to be smart and make money when it comes to this crazy world that it's like an added uh, it's like a free perk for pro wrestlers and there's no Patreon that has to go towards it. You can just be smart and listen to people who make money in the business. And that's what I try to sit around and do. This is going to be great. I love this so much already. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into a lot more of that, you know, and I know you've done plenty of podcasts. You're a wrestler. You've heard these types of questions a lot but just to get everybody acquainted you know from the major mark community uh we'll start it real easy what's the thing that got you into wrestling um do you want to do you want to know what got me into loving just the aspect of professional wrestling or do you want to know what what was the spark in my brain that made me want to become a professional wrestler and actually pull the trigger? I would like to hear both. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Now I apologize um, because one of the things I've run into a lot on podcasts I've done is I talk a lot and then they go, Hey man, we have to do a two-parter now because you talk too much. And I go, okay. So I try to like take the stories I tell over and over and see how quickly I can do this and at least give you the, give you the meat and potatoes. Right. Right. So when it comes to loving professional wrestling, um, I'm just as old as Matt Bryan. So I am 38 years old. I try not to look it because that's one of the things that they tell you when you get into pro wrestling. If you look old and they know how old you are, guess what? There's probably a young guy they want. So if you look young, that's also an added bonus. 
Um, but I'm 38 years old. When's your birthday? January 4th. Oh, January July 4th. 23rd. Hey, there you go. Okay. All right. 85 baby. Same age. Um, <laughs> well, you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the grandpa of the group. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to be. Somebody's got to be. Um, but when it comes to falling in love with pro wrestling, um, I always go back to when my mom would take me and my sister to the video store on the weekend. And it, if she would be gracious enough to let us rent one movie. And for me, it was one video game um, because they had a nice wall of Nintendo Entertainment System video games at that time. Well, when you look at that big wall, of course, you'll get your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or your Super Mario or uh, Metroid, whatever it might be. And eventually I would see the old WWF like WrestleMania or Steel Cage Challenge. Whatever yes. they were. And so they lock you in because they put a really cool picture on the video game and you're like, oh, exciting. Here it is. Here it is. And then you play it and you're like, this is awful. <laughs> this is so yeah. bad. The early wrestling video games were just punch kick. And if you oh my were God. able to pull off a suplex, like you felt like the coolest thing in the world. The steel like, cage challenge. They had uh, like these little blobs. Uh, <laughs> it's just so like, you didn't even know. Oh, yeah. So like. I would I would play them, but it just it didn't satisfy what I was searching for. There's a lot more games that had uh, cooler aspects, fun graphics, better gameplay. But when I worked my way down the wall of video games, when the video games ended, they had their sports section, which was like your Sports Illustrated, essentially like cassette tapes where they sure. talk about the Super Bowls or the basketball uh, finals. But then you had your Coliseum home videos right there. Oh, and my then, God, yes. And if you look at the early ones, like the black boxes, your WrestleMania one, two, mm. um, nothing too flashy. Like you could tell there were some guys on there that were kind of cool. But then when you get into like four, five, six, now oh. the marketing team at WWF really knows what they're doing and mm. they can get you to just stop and look at it, pick it up and go, what's this? That's what happened to me. And I fell in love with those early Royal Rumble covers, the Survivor Series, the SummerSlam. And when you got people like Hogan, Warrior, and Macho on the covers, <laughs> it's game over. That's what yeah. I want to rent. So I can't tell you how many times go rent a video, watch it, play a video game, and that's my weekend. That's where I fell in love with professional mm. wrestling um, because it, I was just, again, we all fall in love with the superstars, larger than life, the big colors, the glitz, the glamour. That was me. Um, and I rode that train forever, um, to the point where I was 30 years old and I was finally afforded the opportunity because my, uh, my ex at the time had partnered up with my family and they got me some tickets to WrestleMania, the, the boyhood dream. <laughs> if I can't become a wrestler, what's the next, next best thing? I want to go to WrestleMania Oh yeah! And on uh, Christmas morning. I open up the gift, two tickets, one for me, one for one of my friends of my choosing to go with. Oh, wow. Not even her. Just wow. one of your friends. Well, <laughs> and, and she she put that out there for me. She was so gracious. She said, if you want to take me, that's great. She said, if you want to take any of your friends, that's great, too. And I said, OK, I know you. I know it could be an experience, but you are at least nice and understanding. Like, yeah, take my best yeah. friend to go with me. Right. Yeah. And so. The, the best thing about getting WrestleMania tickets is I got to give a WrestleMania ticket. So oh I got God. to do the same That's thing cool. That's to so a friend. Cool. And, uh, Damn. and again, uh, I don't know if you can see the shirt here. 
WrestleMania push play. That was, that was my WrestleMania. Okay. Same. Oh, man. See, you the connections. They're Dude. getting deeper. We're really coming together. Um, <laughs> I feel so, the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the only catch was we had to buy our own plane tickets. And I was like, whatever. Plane tickets and hotel, whatever. I'll swipe on a credit card. I'll find a way to pay it off some point in life. Uh, but I had the tickets. Here we are. We're going to WrestleMania. WrestleMania 31. Living in Iowa. Um, getting all the way out there to California. Um the experience itself was just wild. I got stories on stories just leading up to the event. But the day before, we went down to the Superstore to check everything out. Spend our money early. That way we don't have to leave at any point during the matches, right? Well, I did not wear a hat. I got too much sun that day before. Oh, no. So when I get down there, we had, we had also ordered pizza. And it was like su- just super thick. And it was like 50 sounds like a great time. So uh, (laughs) I'm trying to have the best time of my life at WrestleMania, right? My, my dreams come true. And here I come, I'm walking into WrestleMania. The sun's kind of beating back down. I'm like, Oh my God, man, we get in the gates and I look at my friend. I'm like, dude, I don't know where the bathroom is, but I need to puke my guts out. And so that first thing I do when I get to WrestleMania is I go in the bathroom again, everyone's being flooded into this place. And I'm in the bathroom on my knees, puking my guts out, just all the pizza from the previous night, all gone. And my thought is someone's going to go get a security guard because they think I'm drunk and I'm puking my guts out. I'm panicking. And so I'm trying to get it all done. And I finally get out and I'm feeling it. I'm like, this is awful. I know I got too much on this sucks. I need water. Yeah, we, and I can remember we go out this little way, and I'm like sitting on this bench, hunched over, just praying to feel better. And like Queen Charmel walks by, and she she's oh, getting wow. bombarded by fans because she's going up the elevator to her suite or whatever. And I'm just like, man, that's so cool. That's someone who I know, and I'm I'm dying right here. <laughs> I, I wish I could talk to you, but no, not a time. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, we gotta get to our seats, and uh, again, just a magical moment. Like everything was working in my favor, no matter what I thought. So we were sitting on the side of the stadium that was in the shade the whole time. Thank God. Cause if I would have sat on the opposite side where it took four more hours for the sun to set or whatever it was, I would have been done. I would have been so yeah. done, but we were sitting in the shade. And the second that like the start happens, just adrenaline pumped through my body. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. It's go time. It's WrestleMania. Every nothing matters now. And fast forward through that whole night. If you've never watched that WrestleMania, I personally think it's one of the top five easily. It's one of the best for sure. So we forward to our main event. No one's overly excited about Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. We're getting Roman shoved shoved down our throats at this point, but it's okay. And we get all the blood, all the just everything, the suplexes, Superman punches. And here we go. Boom. Seth Rollins music hits. I go. I look at my friend. We're losing our minds. Like, no way, no way, no way. He comes down the ring. We all know the story. Brock picks up Roman or Brock picks up Seth after the curb stomp, spear, stomp, one, two, three, new world heavyweight champion, new WWE champion. Pyro's going off. That man runs all the way up the ramp and starts swinging that belt like Tyler Black used to do. <laughs> and I, I'm not even a big Tyler Black like fan. I didn't know that portion of his career, but I know Seth Rollins. And that was the moment where I just looked around the whole stadium. 
with the fireworks going off and seeing him down there. And I just thought to myself, I go, I'm from Iowa. I'm in California right now. This is my first WrestleMania I've ever attended. This is all I've ever wanted in life besides wanting to be a pro wrestler. And when I see him doing this, I just kind of have this epiphany. Like that guy's from Iowa. He is from the state that I'm from. And he is a professional wrestler that just main evented WrestleMania and is the WWE champion now and had two incredible moments that night. The giant RKO that he took from Randy. Mm -hmm. And then this moment where he steals the main event. And when I, I sat there and I was like, I have to do it. This has to be, this is my, this is my aha moment. I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure out how to do this thing because I'd listen to podcasts like, Oh, Jim Ross talking to Lance storm or Michael Elgin or all these other people that run their own schools. And lo and behold, what's in Iowa hmm. at this time that has popped up and started the black and brave wrestling Academy. The guy that just won the world heavyweight championship or the WWE championship, he has a school. It's three hours from where I currently live. What am I doing? Why am I holding myself back when I have this layup opportunity to go learn from the current Michael Jordan of the current product at that time, right? So I took money and I sent the email to Merrick Brave saying, here's what I look like. Here's why I want to be a pro wrestler. Here's my story. And he said, you're accepted. And from there, it was pay your deposit, figure out how to move to the quad cities. And we're off to the races from there. Nice. I love that. Wow. It's a great story. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's right sick. here, brother. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. good, man. Yep. Um, that's, so, the, that's the dream, isn't it? Like that, that's like every, like that is like the definition of oh, like, yeah. the, you know, the dream, you know, it's in that's I, when I talk about this stuff, I always, the more I live the life of professional wrestling and being a pro wrestler, the moments that I have and how they line up and how I'll eventually like tell this story, the stuff like is it writes its own book. And when I, when I sit here on podcasts or even tell my friends these stories and like what, it, what happened, how it happened, where I was, how I got there, it's all insane because it all has to be right place, right time. I have to be mm -hmm, this yeah. age at this time, go to that WrestleMania, get those tickets. Everything lines up or none of it happens. Yeah. And when yeah. I think of it that way, every time it just intensifies that story. It's, it's my storytelling aspect of being a pro wrestler that I spit out through my stories and podcasts. And it gives me chills half the time. So I think it's working when it comes to me relaying my story to the world. Yeah. I love it. That was 2014 or 15. It might have been 15, 15 because because I started training January 16. So I moved okay. to the Quad okay. Cities in like August, late July 15. Yeah. So you're not quite to 10 years 2015 yet, was 31. Yeah. yeah. And my debut would have been April 2016, where I had my first match. Just a few months later? Uh, yes. So, is it, it, so essentially it's... WrestleMania happens in 2015. Yeah. Um, I was a part of the fifth graduating class of the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. And I think they're on like the 30th something class. Sure. Now. Mm -hmm. So essentially they, yeah. they work in cycles. So you sign sure. up three months, they mm. take a month off, and then another three months, here's another mm -hmm. class. And so it's just a constant cycle of people. And so I sign up, I move down here, I start January 2016. I train for three months 
you take your 12-week program, they give you the most basic fundamentals of becoming a professional wrestler. And at that time period in April, the home company I wrestle for, SCW Pro, they run their big event, which is called Epic, every April. So they kind of um, run line line up with uh, the WWE product. Mm-hmm. So it's our WrestleMania. And I debuted, uh, I graduated with a class of five people. They usually start with like 12 to 15, but so many people drop out every time because they're like, I want to be a pro wrestler. And then I get there and they're like, mm, I can't hack it. Yeah, right. So we had a small class of five people. And uh, once we graduated, they were like, hey, you'll be on Epic. We're going to give you five minutes. You're going to have a over-the-top rope five-man battle royal. But the the ability to walk out and get paid and have people there watch me perform, whether it's a battle royal or not, that first payday, it's cash money, and I still have it. I will hold on to that money because hmm. that's my first proof that I was a professional wrestler. So it's 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 streamlined and I was very lucky and fortunate that during that time period that company was transitioning from getting people locally and once they started the school the school turned into like a feeder system which kind of sounds some days like what uh, Creative Pro has going on up there like can you teach it and why wouldn't you stick with what you know and keep making things better and that's kind of what we have here um, in the Quad Cities so I was lucky enough where I kind of fell into a roster spot and show after show, I just did what he needed me to prove that I could listen, prove that I could learn, prove that I was coachable, um, especially and not screw up in front of the crowd when people are there. And here I am 2023. um, We just had our biggest uh, record breaking event at our venue. We're currently running. We put 450 people in a place the other night and I was a part of the main event defending the SCW pro championship. So it's awesome. It's it's pretty wild to think that 2016 I was praying I could be a pro wrestler and now I'm representing my local company as a champion. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, you know, these, uh, we, we've had these types of podcasts before. Um, we're just in general, they can become very motivational. Yeah. I think this was definitely the motivational segment of the show. Yep. Um, especially for those, you know, maybe, maybe like uh, Husfar over here, you know, who's currently training and, and, you know, whether it's trying to get into wrestling or, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Anything in life. Yeah. yeah. These are the things dreams. you apply. It's not always going to be exactly the same, but like you said, you know, listening to the toy podcast, there's still nuggets of information that you're like, oh man, I can I can use that. Yeah. Right. I hope anybody listening who is trying to uh, you know apply to do something Just cool in their yourself, life. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Take yeah. Uh, take some of those notes and 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 reconfigure nug- them. To nuggets fit. and notes. That's the name of this. Nug- episode. Nuggets and <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think a lot of times when I when I talk on podcasts now, especially like. The more I've done and the more I've become being me and uh, myself as a professional wrestler, um, I try to be as open as possible because I always think when I'm in a wrestling locker room or representing professional wrestling in general, whatever I have um, learned or acquired, I don't try to shy away from sharing. I want the people that love pro wrestling, whether it's being a ring announcer, being a referee, being a talent, being behind the camera as a photographer, like 
all those people need all the recognition in the world. And for some reason they're there and they want to give their time and effort to that show. So I want to make sure that they're recognized and also making sure that the people that are there, if they're unsure in any way about what that pro wrestling show needs to be for the people that paid to come and watch us, that's the most important part. It's not the show that those people are at. It's the next show that whether those people are going to be there or not. And that's what I've tried to listen to all these podcasts and do all these interviews and take away from all these people I've done seminars with or gone and done extra work and taken away from those people at the biggest possible scene. That's the stuff I want to take and give back to pro wrestling because I mean, pro wrestling gives you somewhat of a shelf life and you can make it as long or as short as you want. And while I'm here, I'll be damned if I'm not going to be one of those people that says when I left pro wrestling, I left it better than when I got into it. So yeah, Mm-hmm. definitely man wow yeah so um i was 10 you know. years younger <laughs> <laughs> i would uh i'd sip some hey, of this but, water batista and ddp were like 40 35 for DDP. Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. Listen, well, i had a hard time walking up the steps today okay my knees my <laughs> hips i'm fucked up brother <laughs> well, I, I i think the trick is a lot of people say uh you know we got we got the major fitness challenge right it never ends well that's like that's like the kicker like if you can kind of get into that and you realize that a lot of days when you wake up sore if you just keep your body sore then you just eventually trick your mind into being like it's fine you're just sore all the time (laughs) and and that's the natural part of life if you wrestle you get a little bit more sore if you're smart when you wrestle you don't wake up so sore but it just depends on where you fit on the card so i try to be the guy when I come home that night and I wake up the next morning. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm more sore from the gym than I am from my pro wrestling match. And I'm really excited that's, about that. That's a good day. That's a <laughs> yeah, good yeah, day. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But as we're talking about the toy podcast and you did mention, you know, video games and stuff early on, but what were the first uh, figures that you got yourself into? Oh man. Well, we, we grew up during the best age of commercials that has ever existed. <laughs> when you were watching any this of is Joey the, Hudson's favorite part, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> when you were watching those cartoons in the morning, whether it be ABC, uh, CBS, whoever was pumping them out. Right. Cause we were during the demographic and time that we oh, had yeah. to have stuff uh, and all that stuff turned into toys. And I can think back like the ones that really hooked me were like uh, G.I. Joe commercials because they were just like pushing the things through the sand or through the water or whatever. And then you had people like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that would do the same thing. And they they put you in these wild scenarios where they're like running the blimp across the across the screen. And you're like, I need a blimp. I want to hold it. (laughs) That'd be so cool to have Michelangelo hang from the blimp. But when you go to the toy store. If you're lucky enough to go to the toy store, um, we were also so I wasn't close to a Toys R Us, but I was close to a KB Toys and those KB Toys. I can remember um, I would when we would go on a vacation or whatever and I got to go to a KB Toys. I swear I would have like a hundred dollars and I would go in and spend it all on toys because yeah, that's was, a lot of money back then. I, I yeah. maybe it was like 50 bucks, but like the toys, were only, <laughs> toys were only $5 or mm-hmm. maybe $10. Right. So right. they would load up the biggest KB bag they had. And I'm just walking out with all these toys. <laughs> that's awesome. and I get back to my grandma's house and just start tearing these things open. And it was so much fun, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't go too hard into the GI Joe's. Um, or I got a little bit more into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're they're really my nostalgia toy. Mm-hmm. I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
uh, tattooed on my back on one side and then the bad guys tattooed on the other side. So like, yeah, like, exactly. Like I feel you there. Was, I got shredder really bebop, uh, rock steady and a foot soldier on one side and then the turtles on the other side. Yeah. And the turtles yeah, are on this awesome. side. It's just hard yeah, to show off. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it's like, I have to show this sweet bot off and I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I, you got, and, we know our Patreon tier is not that high. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, but it was one of those things where I'm pretty sure it was like 2013. And I'm like, man, you know what? Screw it. I'm old enough. I'm throwing the turtles on my body. I love yeah. them so much. Um, <laughs> and then a couple years later, I'm like, Who's oh, my God. I'm a turtle real quick. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Dude, I mean. <laughs> what are you, the same person? You know. So Michelangelo, it's always him because he's the guy that likes to dance. I am a dancer. Uh, he loves pizza and he loves to party. And when it comes to the energy, Michelangelo is the one that puts off my okay. vibe. Okay. So um, I, like I, I think oh. as I've gotten older, I definitely have more Raphael tendencies, but it, inside. Yeah. I'm That's just because you're getting old and grumpy. <laughs> you're, you're looking at rap yeah. slash splinter right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but I, I was going to say, uh, I didn't ever get into my older sister. Her like stepbrother had some LJNs and that's the only time I ever remember them. I was like, whoa, these are cool, but I don't remember playing with them other than right. like one time. And I was like, right. Why, where did those come from? I didn't know these existed. And then I had a friend in elementary school who had a ton of the Hasbros and I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. I had none of them. I had turtles, but I didn't have anything else. So I missed the boat on Hasbros really. And then we finally get our Jack specific bone crunchers. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my sister took me to a Toys R Us. And I, like I said, I did not go to Toys R Us. So I can remember walking in, figuring out where the aisle was and just staring at it <laughs> and going, which one do I get? I can't believe it. They're here. <laughs> and of course, my very first figure that I remember grabbing was that Undertaker series one. And that was my guy. And that night I, Pulled him off the card the next door we went to, and I lost his hat in the store, like within an oh. hour. And I go, so I'm like backtracking through the whole store, and I found his hat on the ground. And I was like, I can't believe I almost lost the Undertaker's hat immediately. But that's my first toy. And then once they started pumping them out from there, I got a ton of the Jack Pacific. And I, the only time from Jack Pacific, to I would say now where I had any type of small gap in collecting was like ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression, R mm. three figures. That's when I was like, I'm old enough to really enjoy time with girls. Um, so I'm going to go and do that instead of collect. And then yep. as I got older, I'm like, actually, I think I can do both of these things. And <laughs> it, as long as you open up and the person is cool with you having just figs on figs, like you can have the best of both worlds. And I found that out. Keep them in a tote, put them under the bed. You know, you're good. Go oh, man. No, I was, I was nuts. So like I'm an MOC on card guy. Ah. Um, so my... Don't you touch those. <laughs> my, my room at my parents' house still, I lined the entire border of the ceiling with MOC oh, cards. Oh, and cool. so yeah. the first ones I have were the WrestleMania 15 cards. So it's like Al Snow, Triple H, Billy Gunn, Road mm -hmm. Dog, Rock, Austin. Those are my first ones. I think I was in sixth grade where we went to Walmart and I remember seeing them there. And I made the conscious decision that today is the day where I'm going to not open figures anymore and I'm going yeah. to collect them. I'm yeah, not going man. to play with them. I'm going to collect them. So that's so um, cool. 
from like those. Being a kid uh, doing that. Oh, yeah, man. we don't get so, many of those. No, stories, no, actually. like, and it's well, I, I don't I don't want to interrupt, but no, you're um, good. No, it's like when I was probably around that age when I was a kid. Uh, one of my close friends at the time, his stepdad had like collected baseballs and baseball cards and he brought me up to his like attic where he had all that stuff and that was like the first time i saw he had the the starting lineup baseball figures mm-hmm. on the wall and i was like why it, it it like wasn't registering at first i'm like why does he have these toys hanging up on the wall and then it started like as he's going through and he's showing me all the dude he had like there was like it was weird they had like three or four dressers it was like in their attic they like did storage stuff but he had it all like lined up and he had i don't know probably two three hundred baseballs that were like autographed in these like clear cases and i'm like and then he had everything all lined up and i'm just like i remember seeing it and i was just like why why does he have all these toys on the wall why isn't he playing with them and then i'm thinking okay this dude's like 50 years old so he's (laughs) Like he's collecting this, and I was like, it looks pretty cool hanging on the wall and not at the store. So it was like that was like the first time for me that it kind of showed me like the actual collecting. And of course, I was in like seventh grade at this time or whatever, yeah. you know. So I was I wasn't like into it, into it at that point. But it was just like, and he had it, uh, one of his baseballs was signed by some lady named Ruth, you know, baby <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> You're like, let's play with that one for sure. Right. She's the least yeah, to worry about. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I know when we opened the show here, I was listening to you and you are the Sean Kemp of sneaker figure collecting. Well, mm. I, I bought two starting lineup figures um, when I was little. Mm. And one of them happened to be Seattle Supersonics, Sean Kemp uh, doing his dunk. Uh, I have it. I have I have that figure. Yep. So that's one shout of out, the Shout out to Mike LaPuma. He got that for me. Uh, the other one I bought ago. was Deion Sanders, the yeah. baseball one, when oh. I think he played for the San Francisco the Giants. Giants. Yeah. That's yep. the other one that I bought. And I opened Damn. those. But I've always, um, my nostalgia for sports always lays within that time period. I'm not a huge sports yes. guy anymore, but like yeah. gro- growing up for some reason they treated sports figures like they were movie stars or pro wrestlers where they yes. felt like they had identities and yep. that's why you gravitated toward those people. Yeah. Um and now I don't ever feel that when it comes to sports and that's Same. why I have such a hard nostalgia for that stuff. Yep. And go back yep. and I look at the Sean Kemp kamikaze shoes or the shack superstars yeah yeah like awesome i love that like and that's one of those things where every now and then if i get the little itch that i need to scratch i'm like man i kind of want to go to ebay and i want to start looking at uh, looking at jerseys because i want to go every now and then and get a throwback do you need a shot dude i got you man what you need what 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 size what size shoe are you uh i'm a 13 oh i'm a 12 okay but I also, um, because, you know, because I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead, when I got into pro wrestling, I from day one, I've always worn sneakers in the ring as well. Mm-hmm. I've, oh, I've never, I've never gotten to boots. Um, my mm-hmm. first, I think I got some uh Jordans, those were my first uh yeah. shoes, and I've just kind of slowly trickled in things here and there. Um, but it's Speaking always been of one of those slowly things, so. turning, I, I kind of noticed the way that 
you and Billy were like really good friends, and now you're slowly turning over to me here. And <laughs> really close well, see, that's, that's the thing. Here on my screen, I, I work from the top left, and I work over, I and, and I'm like, I know, but Husbar is not. I know we're gonna break up soon, and I'm really sad about it. But we're <laughs> <Break laughs> gonna move that, on to Husbar without. That's me, the so. beauty. I got to figure out uh, how how I connect deeply with all my friends, <laughs> whether they're new friends or old friends. Yeah, but right, that's right, the beauty right. of uh, that's awesome. living that's awesome. through the time periods that we did. Right. Yep. Definitely. No, it was just really cool. Like, cause there's, there hasn't been too many people who we've had on here that have been sneaker heads. So, you know, I, I heard you say kamikazes. So do you have real quick, I just want to touch base on that. Um, do you have any kamikazes or, um, um I don't. So the only times I've looked at the kamikazes so far is I tried to make sure to see if they fell in line with the color schemes of my gear that I was going to be wearing. Um, and I haven't had anything, that fell into like the white and green or the black and white, white and black, wherever the reverse. I've seen a couple other different colorways that they've run with them. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime I've ever been like, eh, maybe I'll pull it. I always like kind of pull back because I try to think like if I buy them for this gear, like let's say right. I, I was going to drop $150 on a pair of shoes. Sure. I want to maybe get X amount of so, life out of them. Right. So right. That way, if I dig deep into something, I'm not like, of course, I'd like to have one and done, but yeah. shoes, but like right. if you find some like some six slick all blacks or something that mm -hmm. you can get a couple things out right. of, you'd right. be better off on that. So that's why okay. I've also looked at like the air pippins with the big mm -hmm. air on the side because those so that, that's that's the that air up tempo. Yep, those yeah. guys. Okay. So those guys, otherwise, like you can go with your typical like Jordan Dunks. Those ones right. are just so classic. Like the ones, on yeah. Well, do you so, do you wear okay. kickers? Do you wear kickers over the the um the sneakers or j just have them out? Straight up sneakers, yeah. Gotcha. I can remember uh, before after you graduated the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, you had to prove to your coach that you bought wrestling gear, and so mm -hmm. he'd make you buy it and put it on, and then send him what you were going to wear for the show, so he could okay it or be like, "No, dude, get new gear." And I can remember I went to I think the website was elucha.com, mm -hmm. and I got a plain set of black kick pads with white fronts. And then I had some like blue trunks with uh, white stripes on the side and this really gaudy blue, like pleather jacket or vest. <laughs> and I never ended up wearing the kick pads. I found like my knee pads and then I wore long socks from my feet up to my knee pads. And then I had my Jordans on um, because initially when I debuted, I was the filth, that you can't wash off. Ooh. That was my tagline. And right. I would come out and at the time, um, the dab was a thing. <laughs> so I found uh, some socks that had someone like dabbing on them and then it said <laughs> dab on the side. And so that was like my little gimmick. I was JT Energy, the filth you can't wash off. And I was like the guy that kind of did the filthy dance moves and then would hit a dab at the end. And I rode that for a little bit when I started off. Okay. Well, real quick about the kamikaze. This is an old picture, um, and that's an old one. But at one point, I actually had uh, 26 pair of kamikazes, and they were all different colorways. Like, I had every colorway ever released. So when you are ready to do your next gear, you need to talk to me because I got the hookup. Okay, perfect color. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to help you out, man. Like, I want to be a part of your journey. <laughs> with this i need to help you with this like yeah. I, like 
I've, I will pay for your shoes too. But you got <laughs> oh you got to pay you got to pay shipping and handling. I can't instead cover of, all that. Instead of saying but, Dev on your socks, it's got to say Jake on your socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, I want, I, and then like in between the the Ninja Turtle tattoos with the good guys and the bad guys, you, got, you <laughs> know you got to have me in the name, middle like this, rocking some rocking some comicalities. <laughs> oh you know what I'm saying? Jake's head and I'll, then a pair I'll, of shoes. I'll okay. have you doing the Sean Kemp dunk pose, like just oh, in the middle of my back. <laughs> yes, I love it. But when when Matt needs new shoes, Jake is the guy that he goes to. Hey, help oh, me Matt. find there, a few times. A few times whatever, we've, we've so. talked to a, a couple of times. We've uh, in fact, and I don't I don't want to spent a ton of time on this but i don't believe matt's ever taken any of my suggestions i remember there's a couple times he's like jesus christ those are too much that's normally what he says that's normally what he the thousand dollar broskies uh you know he's he's, it's the big jake broskies a little too expensive for him on his taste but yeah he he comes up with some good ones though he's got some good ones that i don't have so every everybody everybody realizes that the different vices and collections of this world run very deep in people's wallets it is Uh, so bad and sometimes i would say it might be easier to collect um, figs than shoes because shoes come with the boxes and those boxes, especially if you got 12, 13 feet, man, you're taking oh, up yeah. some real estate. Oh yeah. Um, but for years I worked in retail and when mm. you work in retail, they give you discounts. And I was mm. like, when, when I got to be a manager and I would open in the mornings, it's like Christmas. You get to open oh. up, you see the new clothes, the new shoes. You set everything aside immediately, and you're like, "Of course, I'm using my discount. Why wouldn't I? I'm <laughs> going to be the guy with the brand new shoes. I get to do, right. I get to wear them first. It's like going figure hunting. And you're the first one to the pegs when the new line gets put out, and you're like, "Here we are. I'm going to buy all of you." <laughs> <laughs> well, on to question number three. Ooh, I'm done. <laughs> Give me a cigarette. <laughs> uh, you know, going back to to Matt and Brian. What was your first introduction into them? Um, I don't know. I mean, I remember them on television as um, Hawkins and Ryder. Mm-hmm. But I was when they were with Edge and they were the Edge heads that time period. I can't remember what channel SmackDown was on, but I don't think I got that era of SmackDown. Mm. And I was really bummed. Because that's when I felt like SmackDown was at its peak was when SmackDown was jumping around and it was on UPN and then mm-hmm. it was somewhere else. And I never had the right channel and I would have to get online and go to like WrestleZone.com and read the results and see mm-hmm. if there were pictures or wait for my next WWF or whatever magazine to come. And I could look and see what was going on with Kurt Angle. And so it was kind of a bummer during that time period that I didn't get to really fully invest into the SmackDown side of things. Cause I've always been a rocket from day one, mm. um, growing up with it. But obviously over time, once we had, um, the edge heads break up and then we had broski really get into the woo woo woo. Even when he was doing that stuff, of course, I don't think I appreciated him or, um, Myers for obviously the workers that they were at that time period mm-hmm. until Matt got his big, run that really took off and then i was like oh okay this is really opened my eyes to zach Ryder." um and i've i think i've almost grown to appreciate both of them in their own respective ways the more i've got to know them through the podcast and hear brian's story about the school and what he does and how he works and all just the different things and especially the stories he's told of late on all the different things he's got to do backstage or been trusted with both of them it's like the hey you're the thumbs up guy like 
mm-hmm. what a cool job. Like that means I'm yeah. so good. You put me with anybody. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the introduction, just falling into them. But just over time, I was, of course, one of the kids that thought it was very cool with what Zach was doing and getting over um, and making himself over um, mm-hmm. from what seemed like day one. Um, but learning, I can remember when I f- maybe saw the first tweet because I was probably following him on Twitter at the time. And I can remember them asking, like, who would want to see an action figure podcast? And I thought to myself, like, you mean we can finally talk about this on like a big platform? You guys are on TV and we get to talk about figures. Oh, my God. What a world we're living in. And I can remember I was deep into trying to become a professional wrestler in those first couple of years when they started the podcast. And I was working at a tanning salon. And we weren't supposed to have like headphones or anything in. But I had reached my point where I did not care if someone was going to catch me. I He's was like, like, I am so burnt right now. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. I mean, if you're a pro wrestler, like figure out the places you should get discounts or things. And working at a tanning salon, it was it was definitely good for the gimmick at the time. Um, sure. Getting those spray tans. That's, that's the secret that I'm always digging for Broski. I want that Patreon video on like the actual how to's on how to stay tan and not get the ring screwed up or your opponent filthy nasty with tanner. Oh, that, that's always the question. Cause I see how tan he is. And I go, wow, that's really amazing. But being a pro wrestler, knowing what I have to go through the night before to get that tan. Right. Time management. Yeah. I mean, there's the a man, few guys the man doesn't have time to shit. And believe me, <laughs> so he 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 does have the body hair now, which mm-hmm. I have chosen not to have the body hair. So it's like right. I got to shave the head, shave the face, shave the chest, shave the arms, and I want to look tan. And it's like a whole process. But if I put the tanner on too late, if I if it's on me, I could screw up the ring. Or mm. the last thing I want is my opponent grabbing me and I'm like slimy or yeah, you're all squatchy. If they got really nice gear, I don't want to screw their stuff up or right, wrap right, right. up. So, yeah. but that's a whole nother tangent that I'm waiting someday to get tangent. tangent. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's our like new that. shirt. Tangent. Yeah. yeah. Tangent. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah but that's that, that's the kind of kicker with that i've been on their train <laughs> since day one and I, I was until they started the patreon friday was like my favorite day because mm. i couldn't wait to sign in to my podcast app wait for it to drop and just sit there and sometimes be laughing so hard because my two favorite things at that time was i'd get my major wrestling figure podcast with those two and at the time they were signed. So like you'd get the little perks of the, them talking about road, uh, road life and different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I was also listening to edge and Christians podcast. And I thought that was just amazing. Hilarious. I died laughing so many times and the sleeper podcast. I think that some people forgot about or never got to get into was, um, was it killing the town with Lance storm and Don Callis, mm. their podcast I'm a huge Lance Storm fan and those two have the stories on stories and they had a connection with edge and Christian and just any of those guys from like the North, like for some reason, their podcast killed me all the time. Hmm. I love listening to those. It was such a good podcast uh, rotation at that time in my life. I was definitely spoiled. Um, yeah. So, but that's kind of my introduction and how I've kept up with those guys and how they got through me, uh, got me through some honestly pretty crappy times in life mm. when I had to work multiple jobs just to make ends meet um, when I was trying to become a professional wrestler. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of talked about like 
you know, how you discovered the podcast then. And it was from that kind of famous tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so day one, you jumped in and became a basically a day one listener. Uh, what was the thing that made you finally decide like, you know, like I need to, I need to jump on the Patreon band yeah. bandwagon and Facebook, that Facebook page. It was every time <laughs> they, you. every, every time got they you. talked about it, they're like, Oh, like we were always posting this in the Facebook. And I'm like, dang it. I was like, yeah. there's a whole group where everyone talks about figures. And I stress talks about figures um, because it's it's a different breed and that's what happens. Things grow, but that's fine. Um, but initially that's what hooked me. Is sure. It was five bucks and you get a Facebook group that talks about figures where you can buy and sell. Cause that was mm-hmm. a thing. I'm like, maybe I'll find a grail someday. Maybe I'll be in there for one reason and I'll find <laughs> it and there it'll be. Um, but that was kind of my kicker. And the fun thing was, is once I jumped in there, um, cause I wasn't day one Patreon I wasn't mm-hmm. even for five bucks or whatever it was. Like I didn't even join the dollar tier for the shout out on the website or whatever it was, nope. but I finally jumped in at five bucks and I'm like, whatever, five bucks is five bucks. I think I probably got to probably a little bit better financial place in life where I was like, if I'm buying five figs, bucks, <laughs> yeah, <Whatever>. if I'm <laughs> buying figs like crazy, like, why am I not? supporting my habit and yeah. knowing anything and everything about it yeah, and you know all the extra content too you right. know of well that's kind of the next kicker i am i'm no longer a five dollar boy i've jumped to a ten dollar boy Ooh, um and that's fancy pants for you i know i'm someday <laughs> i might be a thirty dollar boy but oh, i don't shit. know <laughs> so um, gotta get but, that free gift <laughs> gotta get that free gift free well gift. and yep. 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 Ounced, starting every week yeah the but, uh, live show, oh, the, yeah, live recording uh, every, yes. week every week. Oh, oh, okay. And see, right. that's that's those little <laughs> things where every time I hear them, I'm like, man, I really would like to be a part of that. Like, it's so much yeah. fun. So, yeah. and oh, believe me, I've Husfar has been a name I have heard for so <laughs> long now that I'm just like, it's it's one of those things where when they talk about going to the live events or whoever you hear certain people's names so often right. and like when i met billy a couple years ago when he came to central empire wrestling i was like thank god i finally have a face with a name i feel mm-hmm. like a major mark is in front of me and i can connect <laughs> right. because we i was close to david uh c anderson mm-hmm. as far as like proximity wise but i'm not a sure. close friend with him mm-hmm. um, right. but i know of him he knows of me he's booked me as a pro wrestler I've slowly built um, a little bit of a relationship as far as like feeling like I can talk to Kyle Peterson because mm-hmm. he's right here in the area too. So it's one of those things where I really have like enjoyed getting more out of this and seeing the people around me and honestly near me who enjoy this just as much as I do. And I think um, like the big, the big thing that kicked me into the $10 Patreon was that one, just that one where Matt was like, Hey, indie guys, want me to tell you how to make money i'm like yes immediately and i so like the black and brave wrestling academy we have our own facebook group if you graduate you go into the facebook group and you know if you have questions you can ask stuff there and i went to that group and i'm like hey i know we go to seminars and stuff i go but matt cardona is hosting this thing and it's 10 bucks you can cancel after this but it's literally called how to make money as a professional wrestler because Whenever I go see people wrestle, if people aren't privy to it yet, when it comes to independent professional wrestling, 
if you want to make money in independent professional wrestling, you don't do it in the ring. You do it at the merch table. That is where you walk home with money or when Matt pulls out these wads from his fanny pack, it's because right. it's time at the merch table. It's because he worked right before intermission and then he went immediately to the merch table because people just saw his match. Now they want to get their stuff with him. If he's on the main event, well, he's out there right when the show starts. And if you're not out there, he calls you the biggest dumbass in the world because you're <laughs> missing out on money. Right. And so I'm trying to teach these mm-hmm. kids because I'm like, it's it's free, guys. Here's how to make any type of money. Don't feel bad right. about it. That's the point of it. You can get into professional wrestling just for the wrestling part, but don't be disappointed when you have to drive far, have to get gear, have to tan, have to go to the gym, have to eat right. You have to do all these things. Yeah. And you're like, when do I start making money back? I'm like, you don't. That's that's the that's the gig. You have to make. You have to find your ways to make money. And if yeah, you unless you're. You, really starting to like really make some waves yeah. locally and you don't have to say any numbers but you know yeah you ain't making a whole lot of money on a local sure. level and it's it, just and, the way it is yeah. yeah and that's that's the big kicker and when i hear people like um matt is like booked three places and he's got flights and all these different things like guess what that's a lot to deal with and if you're dealing with that like you got to be asking for the right things and all these different aspects otherwise no and and there's no way that man is going to take a loss when it comes to that so i know just listening to the way that he runs his life even if i'm going three hours one direction and i'm going to do another one like i take his maximum potential and i put it into my smaller version of potential that Mm -hmm. i'm running in the same business so that Mm -hmm. way i can take the little things that might work for me that he makes work on a major level major level (laughs) I don't know if if you've heard them as well. Um, I'm sure you have, but those um, those developmental Q and As, I I probably listened to them. I've listened through. I don't know how many of them there are. There are maybe like twelve of them because some of them gone into three parts. Um, I I've listened to them on repeat a million times. Have you heard those ones? The the developmental like they came out. They're probably about maybe close two to two years. years old now. Are they? They're, they're about the um they kind of talk about their entire journey starting off you know uh going from high school you know going from high school to the wrestling school to ovw you know getting called up to wwe doing ecw and they they map out their entire journey of you know then getting fired you know brian getting fired the first time matt continuing then brian getting rehired then you know the reuniting you know they go through everything those are awesome to listen to as well to like get an idea of like what it's like um you know it going from like maybe the indies or from a wrestling school to the indies to the big times and i i don't think i've i don't think i specifically remember listening to those podcasts i i feel like when you explain it in my head i'm like now i remember this vlog and i remember them talking about this or a major mark asking the question of the week about this and man the (laughs) even holy cow the 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 major mark question of the week they will divulge incredibly important Mm -hmm. information during Mm -hmm. that and it's like and they'll just choose like when somebody was like hey what's the tips and tips and tricks of traveling as a person and they told like these things and then they were like should we have told that because now you'll see them reference <laughs> on the podcast they're like don't give out the tip and i'm like you gave it out for free like two years <laughs> ago i'm like i know the trick yeah. i just never have to use it but the idea that it's out there and i'm like 
people have no idea when it comes to professional wrestling. If you just open your ears um, and, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Like it's, it's free stuff all the time, all the time. And you Man, just have to make it work. That is such good advice for it any, really again, anyone who's trying to make it in something. I, you know, and I'll keep my story short, but you know, playing in bands, uh, we were opening up for some national bands where they're early, uh, you know, setting up our gear and our merch and whatever. And there's my band. And then there's like the couple other bands, you know, that are also playing. And then there's like the main headlining act and they were doing like their fan meet and greets. And the fans were just like asking them questions and they're just essentially putting on a clinic of information. And I am like, like eagle eyed listening. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, And like my guitar player at the time, he's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm learning one. I'm listening to like some of my favorite musicians, but two, like I am learning what they're talking about. It's like, look at those dipshits over there. They're all just goofing around, being dumb, playing, goofing, you know, just. And that was the shitty Beatles. And that was the Beatles who went (laughs) off to do nothing. The shitty Beatles. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, like as like you want to like advance yourself, like I'm not saying that, that, and, and same thing with you, like, just because you listen to, you know, uh, the Matt Cardona Indie God special and you're like, hey, everybody, listen to this. Like, just because right. you listen to it doesn't mean, like, you're going to make it famous off of it. But, but no. there are tips and tricks that are going to help you immensely. Yeah, you got, well, as one of Matt's favorite sayings is crumbs make crumb cake. Yep. And honestly, if you stick in to something, whether it be music or pro wrestling or like let's say comedy if you Any stick form with, of if, entertainment if you stick with entertainment long enough you learn from enough people the do's and the don'ts mm-hmm. you learn enough stuff where you can try and you can fail mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it is i i love when people ask me about they learn that i'm a pro wrestler and they go what like what do you mean pro wrestling like the stuff on tv and i'm like yeah but smaller and they go well what's that mean and now i try to explain sometimes i'll do it it's like triple a baseball it's like the people before they get big but then i also i'm like no you know like when you go see your local favorite band well i'm like your local favorite pro wrestler you want us to be on the big stage and you want to come support us but you can actually do it on a bi-weekly basis or once a month and it's only ten dollars and it's so interactive that Mm -hmm. every time you come you'll leave going i can't believe this is right here i didn't know local independent professional wrestling was such a good thing and it's like actually yeah it's the best thing because you don't realize how fun it is because you're right next to us you're in the action you're up front instead of in a stadium of eighty thousand people in the nosebleed seats right playing you know original music people come up well have have you played anything i've heard well guess what at one point no one heard sweet home alabama either yeah it was just some band song yeah you know (laughs) right and then it became one of the biggest songs ever like yeah everything starts you know small you can't just expect like oh well and that's why haven't i your band and that's probably so hard to like think about because i'm sure people are like well what's your music sound like and you have to give them bands that they know and they're like <laughs> sure. well i think i like those bands and you're like well maybe you like me then yeah, like maybe. give me a chance man but <laughs> yeah it, whenever i have to explain that i'm a pro wrestler i don't even like to explain like what i am or how my character is i'm like no 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 you just get to come <sighs> see me because well, 
in my everyday life, I'm such a quiet, reserved person that it's like I'm two different people that I get mm. to let in. You I, know, and I even as I was introducing you, you know, that you were a unique performer, I, I would have a hard time describing exactly what it is that you do. Well, you know, you're, like yeah. you're very skilled. You know, you're very good at what you do, but like the persona is is just a mix of things and it just makes it very unique. And like I said I, I would have a hard time like really explaining it. Well it's and something you need to come out and watch. <laughs> I think so over time, um uh, I I since we grew up in the time of like Austin and the rock and especially the attitude era. My attitude era my favorite thing about the attitude era is the marketing and how many things people had and how many different t-shirts did the rock have with a new catchphrase or stone cold with a new something. And um, when I apply that to pro wrestling, I don't know why more people don't think that like figure out what you're doing, give it a shelf life and then reinvent yourself once a year because you have to. Um, and so I've kind of done that over the time I've ran with a couple different monikers and g gimmicks and not even like gimmicks, just like evolutions of who JT energy is and my tagline to go with me. And my current tagline is that I'm the unsolved mystery because I come out with like, um, it's a, it's a battery powered, like Mr. Gun. Mister. So my Mr. Gun is spraying <laughs> me as I walk out. And then I have like a, almost like an unsolved mysteries rock theme is my theme music. But then I try to think to myself, I want to come off in a way in people's brains, like when they would have seen gold dust for the first time. And and I was going to say like, you're nothing like gold dust, but I would almost compare you to like a gold, to a dust. gold dust. Yeah. I, I want people to look at me and instantly question what they should think about me. Like, is it good? Is it bad? Like, is he this way? Is he that way? Like, I want people to like really have to pay attention to me and everything I'm presenting to them. So that way, as they watch me, they can continue to like make these assumptions or try to answer these questions in their head. So that way I don't walk out. and I'm like, I'm the wrestler guy or I'm the strong guy. No, I'm the unsolved mystery. Yeah. And that way, when people see me, they're constantly just like, like uh, Dennis Rodman, the worm, right? When you saw him during that Chicago Bulls time period, and he's winning championships and then he's on nitro and then he's in a wedding dress. You're constantly just going, who is this guy? Right. What is this guy? That's what I want to bring to myself as a pro wrestler. I want people constantly going, I have no idea what's going on, but he's just entertaining as hell. So I want to keep watching. And I love never that too, is... forget the name JT. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, for me to like a Dalton castle too. like the first time I've ever seen like Dalton castle. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Like what's, yeah. what's his deal? Like he yeah. has these, you know, these like servants come out and follow and, him. And, and that makes like, sense too. Like, you know, I love creating it. mystery and, you know, making something that nobody knows exactly what's going on. So it's like, after the show, they're still thinking about it. Like, what was up with that I guy? Need to see you more. know, like what? I need yeah, to what see is? Yeah, yeah. 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 And like, yeah. I need a, more of a taste. Like, I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought up Mr. Dalton Castle because he is he is uh, my most one of my most recent stories when it comes to pro wrestling coming back into uh, my life and giving me bigger opportunities. So say, AE, he's done some stuff around here. Yeah, AEW was the last place that I had uh, a chance to do extra work recently and they were in st louis they were in missouri 
Um, and so I was down there and they were doing ring of honor tapings and AEW tapings. And that night, um, Dalton came out and he had the boys, but I didn't realize that when he makes his entrance, he also has people that dress up like boys and they help with his entrance. Well, I got to be one of those boys yeah. that helped out with that entrance. Nice. And when I found out I was going to be one of the Dalton Sweet. castle boys, I was like, Freaking how out. fun this is awesome man i don't care what i'm wearing and it was all sparkly and flashy and gaudy and i'm just like cool oh this mess. is right up my alley and dalton castle is just such a great guy so cool that i just i was so excited to be a part of what he was putting on that night um we got to do a couple things that night but that's my that's my dalton castle story i got to be a boy for a night and i was very happy nice. about that yes awesome let's let's talk about some of that stuff too like we there's still so much to cover um, <laughs> you've got a great story and great conversationalist yeah, and and uh but extra work you know yes. um you you know not only like yes you've done the you know you're you're the guy that's in the ring having something happen mm -hmm. but you're still like kind of in the background mm -hmm. you know uh but you've also had the matches um you know and and as referenced earlier uh you know the acclaimed you and another wrestler from around these parts justin fowler went against you know uh max caster and um aj bowen yeah anthony aj aj a anthony aj bowen's a director <laughs> anthony bowen's um, okay well, so anyway you went you against them. Bowens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, mixed them up with someone. All right. Um, do, you me, do, you AJ, little, do you want me to tell you a little about uh, our acclaim day? Sure. All Absolutely. right. So we'll, let's 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 kind of build these things up because uh, the acclaimed one kind of goes into the next story, and then I'll save the best one for last. Perfect. So um, the, the acclaimed spot that was my first opportunity ever to work for AEW, and I've had a couple friends around the area that got to do stuff during like the pandemic, and when they got to do stuff, I was like a little defeated because I was like, ah, dang, like I've done WWE, but how come they got the AEW stuff? But I didn't. And I realized when I asked that question, I was like, you're already in the wrong mindset. You don't ask, you don't ask those questions. That's not how you, that's not how you live your journey. And I'd reached out to the appropriate people, sent the email saying just, Oh, nothing for you right now. But once you get the email back that says nothing for you right now, that means you're in our system, which means if it comes, it comes. So X amount of time passes. I look back in my folder of sent emails. It's been like a year since I contacted AEW and I'm like, ah, maybe I should send another email. And I go, no, you know what? Let's just wait. Let's wait. And then lo and behold, like a week later, I get an email from AEW going, we'd love to have you for extra work in, at the Target Center in Minneapolis. And I'm like, the Target Center in Minneapolis. Holy cow. Um, so of course, get all my stuff in check and here we go. Um, I go up there. And they were still very strict on like the COVID tests and everything like that, making sure you're good to go. Um, Jay Fowler, he almost did not get on that show. He actually got there and he had to run to like the local airport to get a, an immediate test done to prove oh, like he was good to go. So like he was running that day. Borderline, um, yeah. It was nuts. Um, but me and him, we'd had we have a previous past history um, because we both used to talk about our posteriors quite a bit. Um, and we had our own little battle of the booties in the Midwest. Yes. And lo and behold, we end up becoming a tag team on AEW. And so they're writing out the board that day and we see we're going to be a tag team and we're excited because we know each other. And I see that we're going to wrestle the acclaimed and I'm like, okay, I've heard the acclaimed. I think this is pretty cool. I knew Max Gaster was from cap. 
I wanted to ask you, um, you know, did it did it make it like a lot easier for you knowing like, oh, I know this guy like wrestling oh, on AEW yes. for my first time. You're like, absolutely. A hundred percent. And when it came to that day, um, like so we figure out we're a tag team. I figure out we're going to wrestle the acclaimed um, and we get over there. Billy Gunn is our producer for the match. Oh, nice. And I'm like, of course, I've I've worked Billy Gunn before. So I was I already like felt good about him. Um, I knew Max was from Cap. I knew Anthony Bowens. He had worked with one of our other guys here. So I knew I felt very good about who I was wrestling, yeah, right? Familiar. And I think we were the very last match on AEW Dark, which as AEW Dark went, the times got shorter and shorter and shorter because we're last and they got to hit live TV. So we didn't have a crazy long match. But when we were putting stuff together, I know Justin has worked super hard for a very long time um, when it comes to pro wrestling. And we were trying to figure out the match. And when Bowens was going to start the match, they're like, who wants to start? And I told Justin, I go, you start because I want you to have more ring time because you deserve this. Mm. And I want him to get out there and showcase to the fans what he was going to do because I knew he had worked so long and so hard that he deserved that opportunity. Not saying I didn't, but that was me just trying to be gracious because i'd had other opportunities before this and yeah, that's and that's very selfless of you too you know to give someone i mean in this industry i don't know anybody that's honestly trying to help anyone else besides themselves you know what yeah, i mean it, so that's super yeah. like gratuitous of you and just and very I, and i've never very, I've, I've never told that on a podcast before. Like that was between me and Justin That's, and putting together yeah. the match and stuff like that. But Justin is blowing up right now on the scene. Yeah, um, sure. And he yeah. deserves everything he's worked so hard for. And I really feel like that day where we fought the acclaim, that was like kind of the kickoff. The starting he, point. Yeah. yeah he, he was really changing his career around and mm. he's really taken off for himself. But uh, so he has the little shine with Bowens and get some stuff in. And then we finally get our little hot tag. Yeah, I go for a Booker T sidekick. Max ducks it, and then all of a sudden, before we know it, I'm getting hit with this. Bowens lays me out. Caster goes up to the top rope. Big elbow drop. I'm done. Totally fine, right? Now, two things. When he when he hits this elbow drop and he pins me, for some reason, while he's pinning me, he's kissing my hand, and I <laughs> and I had no idea what that was about. Right. But I watched it back. And I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not going to question it. If that's his thing, it's his thing. But when this when Max Caster gets up, this man steps directly on my crotch and just like pushes off and then stands up. And when I watch the footage back, I'm like, why, sir, did you choose to stand up and accidentally crush all of my manhood on AEW Dark? It's if you ever go back and watch that. Yeah, Max Caster, he didn't mean to, obviously, but that man, that that's another thing I'm like, oh, I have beef with Math, Max Caster now. He he stepped on my crotch. He's he's got to be he's got to be for me. It's going to hit the light up tomorrow. here. This is <laughs> so um, that's the largest crowd I've ever performed in front of Target Center. Huge match with the acclaimed. We also that was like 2 seconds before the acclaim exploded. Um that's like scissor time and everything, right? So when we're in the ring, I'm like, cool, here we go. And then they hit the acclaimed music. And I instantly looked at Justin and was like, dude, these guys are over. I did not know they were this over. Right. But here's the beauty of it. We get a short match. That doesn't matter. You know why? Because we're the only match that had a promo cut on us by the acclaimed. 
And that's what everybody tunes in for. They want to hear what Max is going to rap about. So I didn't get only a match. I got a promo about me with something I got to cut from it, just like you played from that TikTok. And then I got to run with that. Other people just got a match and they got squashed. Now, I got two things. I got a promo who called me a pro broadcast Christopher Daniels. And then I got to <laughs> wrestle two things. So it's a blessing that I got to wrestle the acclaimed because no one else can say they got Max Caster to rap about him and call them a broadcast Christopher Daniels where they could run with it. Now, that's the beauty of my spot on AEW. I got the things that meant the most realistically. Um, now, broadcast Christopher Daniels, how does that tie into where I was previously? Well, at one point, I scrolled YouTube on a certain video to read all the comments. And that video was me being crushed by Eric Rowan on Monday Night Raw, mm -hmm. the special edition, Christmas edition from 2019, I think. So WWE came to Des Moines and they were going to tape two Raws. And one of my friends, Dante Leone, got chosen to wrestle Eric Rowan first for the live crowd. And this was during the time that he had the cage that he was coming to the ring with. Okay. What's in the cage? And he'd, he'd get somebody crush him or they they'd get crushed every week. Yeah. So yeah. Dante gets crushed and then I get to wrestle him or when I find out I'm going to wrestle him and it's the Christmas episode. Right. And they're like, I, oh, I, I wrestled, I had wrestled for my local promotion the night before. And whenever it's Christmas time, I'm eccentric. I like to buy stuff. I had a full Christmas get up like head to toe. I was a real <laughs> Christmassy. Yeah. And they're like, you get the, you get this spot. It, we're going to do a Christmas thing. And I told them, um, I go, I have some stuff that I can put on like head to toe Christmas. And they're like, go put it on. We'll take a picture and send it to Paul Heyman. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so they take a picture of me and then he comes back to me. He's like, mm, take this stuff off. He goes like just regular gear. And in my brain, I'm like, if they would have put me out there with that, people would remember that forever. They would yeah. have been like, that's the Christmas guy. <laughs> You're the Christmas guy. Um, so I come out there, but they were like, um, okay, we're going to do a spot with candy canes. And I go, well, you know what? I bought a box of candy canes for what I did last night. Do you want me to get them from my bag? And they're like, you have candy canes? I'm like, yeah, I have them. And they're like, go get them. I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> so we talk about the match and Devon is my producer for this match. So wow. I'm stoked to get to work with Devon and Eric Rowan. Yeah. And they're talking about the match. It's super simple. I'm just going to get crushed. But again, you have to make the most out of the least. I did that with my acclaim spot. I do it with everything, but it all started right here. And I say that because my spot wasn't just get crushed. My spot was on the Christmas episode. So I'm out there with Eric Rowan. My name's in the lower third. And let's talk about that for a second. My name in the lower third. Mm -hmm. Out of everyone that was on that episode, all my friends got to wrestle under their wrestling name. And when I told them my wrestling name, they're like, what's your real name? And I told them, I go, hmm. Travis Horn. And they go, we're going to use that. Mm -hmm. So my name is on Monday Night Raw with my real name wow. on TV on a taped episode. Not, not only that, but so I'm on Monday Night Raw. I have a lower third. It's my real name. I'm <laughs> out there as JT Energy with my first match ever in the WWE. Ding, ding, ding. And my job as the pro wrestler is when the match starts, the first thing I do is I just hold my hands up to slow down. And then they pan over to me. And then they pan to... They, hand to Rowan and the, he's like looking at me like what's going on and I go wait a second I reach behind 
I pull these candy canes out of the back of my trunks and I hold them up. I remember this. Right. And I I hold them up and I go, I'm going to give one to you. I'm like miming, like he's the big, he's he's like the monster on Bugs Bunny. And I'm trying to tell him, slow down, don't kill me. Right. And so I give him one and he takes it and I go, wait, I'm going to give the rest of them to what's in the, to what's in In the, the, in the the cage. cage. (laughs) But after I give him one, if you go back and watch this, you, I hope everyone is so proud of me on how long I took with this because I moved so slow. I like give him the candy cane and then I like move out of the ring backwards so provocatively and I'm wearing brand new gear that I'd never worn before and they were super small trunks and I can remember (laughs) When I was in Gorilla, Rusev was there because we were trying to figure out where to put the candy canes because I'm like, oh, I'll put them in my ears and live them over. And it's like, yeah, do that and then put them there. And Devon's <laughs> like, no, you just put them in your trunks. And I go, okay, man. <laughs> and Rusev comes up and he looks at my trunks and he goes, bro, those are the smallest trunks I've ever seen. And I go, <laughs> I know. I, t- I, I told the guy to make them small. And he goes, you got what you paid for, man. <laughs> and I go, thanks Rusev. <laughs> and we go out there and so i'm sliding out of the ring provocatively being my little jt energy self and i i i take a couple steps back and then i go i'm gonna give the candy canes to the cage and i take two steps and he slides out and he crushes me and then he throws me into the side of the ring throws me in the ring gives me one of those big face palm choke slams mm-hmm. of course the crowd's like one more time the ref comes down. He goes, he's going to give you another one. I go, okay. The second <laughs> one, I definitely didn't post as good. And I'm like, oh, because that yeah. WWE ring was so hard. Oh, sure. So I take I two choke slams. I get crushed. I go back. I didn't even like when I walked through Gorilla, I like didn't even ask anyone how I did. But no one even like told me. And then one of my friends was like, what'd they say to you? And I'm like, I have no idea. What do you mean? They're like, you're supposed to go to Gorilla and ask how you did. And I go, oh, my God. And I ran back there and they were already like two segments ahead. And I'm like, I missed oh. my I missed my thing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah your window's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But Damn. no news is good news, right? You didn't screw up. So yeah. I had my moment on WWE. And uh, so this gets posted. Almost all my pro wrestling moments somehow have not been live. They've all been taped, which is mm. so weird. But this is a taped raw. So I go home and anybody I can tell, I go, hey, you should watch Monday Night Raw. Wink, wink. (laughs) Trying not to like give it away, but also saying like, watch the program. (laughs) Because the people that were there live, they're like tagging me on Facebook like crazy. And I'm like sharing it. I'm not saying anything, but I'm sharing it. And so I got to sit home on almost like it was like December, it might've been Christmas or the 26th or whatever. I'm sitting at home. I get to watch myself have my debut match on Monday night raw (laughs) and just like enjoy the life of that. And the AEW thing, same thing. I was on dark. I got to go home. I got to watch myself on AEW dark. And when I scrolled those YouTube comments on that Rowan one, cause it's got like almost a million views on that thing. Um, (laughs) And so many people were like, who's this broke ass Christopher Daniels or who's this big <laughs> Christopher Daniels? So when he said it in the rap, I was like, no way. I was like, if I look this much like Christopher Daniels, where random people, that's like their <laughs> go to of like what they can pinpoint me kind of like. Yeah. Like, I hope before this is all said and done, I can do something with Christopher Daniels, even if he's just like my tag partner or something. That'd but that cool. would that would yeah. be like 
just the icing on the ultimate like yep. yeah. Oh, yeah i was gonna say like did if you ever had a chance that to like ask max like hey did you did you see like did did you see that happen like for you to put in that rap i i have no i was just like flabbergasted when he said that cause right. i was like that is what the youtube comments said about me i was just a <laughs> yeah. rip off christopher daniels and then when he pulled out i was like man it's got to be something like yeah now let's <laughs> so, so uh, AEW taped. I get to sit back and watch it. WWE debut taped. I get to sit back and watch it. My biggest moment, and I hold this above at this point in my life, I hold this above my debut match on Monday Night Raw. And that is the moment most recently when we had our return of Bray Wyatt and the Uncle Howdy storyline. And lo and behold, every year, it's going to happen this year too. It does every single year. The WWE comes to the Midwest when it's close to Christmas. What happens this past year? Well, they're in Chicago and they're taping two episodes of SmackDown. And on the second episode of SmackDown that's going to air the next week, guess what? They need somebody. Who do they need? Me. What's it for? Well, Bray Wyatt needs to attack a cameraman. I'm the cameraman. So my friend got chosen for this position and they were like, Hey, you're, something's wrong with your medical stuff. We need you to get clearance from whatever. So he's like, no problem. And within 15 minutes, he's not back. And they, somebody yells, Hey, Travis. And I'm like, huh? And then, Hey, Travis. And Road Dog is over there screaming my name. And I'm like, so I get up, I run over there. And it's so funny because I run over there and Road Dog introduces himself. He's like, Hey, I'm Brian. And I wanted to be like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to be like, oh, you didn't know? I know. <laughs> but he was he was uh, like instantly joking with me. And I'm like, you don't know. I I know you. I love you. You're the road dog, man. And he's like, hey, can you be a cameraman for us tonight? I'm like, yes, 100%. Yeah. Whatever you need, I'll do it, man. He's like, cool. Stay here. I go, okay. So I sit there for a long, long time. And then eventually Bray comes down. And I realized that they're like trying to put this segment together. And Bray is so meticulous on everything that he does on how they're getting that storyline. Because at that time during the storyline, people had no idea what was going on. They're like, right. Uncle Howdy's here. Who's Uncle Howdy? What's going on? And so Triple H is over here. Bray walks over to Triple H. And they're like, what's going on? What are we doing tonight? He's like, well, we're going to do the cameraman thing. You're going to attack him. You're going to kind of lose your mind. And then they're going to pull the cameraman out. And then we're going to ask what's going on with Bray Wyatt. My favorite, my favorite thing of the whole night, uh, Bray Wyatt's like, I'm going to give him the, like the sister Abigail or the Uranagi slam. And Triple H goes, no, I want you to give him the mandible claw. And he yeah. goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, what if he's got gingivitis? <laughs> what? <laughs> but he did it in like this real funny high pitched voice. I, I, I wanted to be like, Bray, I brushed my teeth. It's okay. But I didn't say anything. I just smiled so big and like tried to not. (laughs) (laughs) So just imagine Triple H like, no, I want you to give him the mandible claw. And he goes, well, what if he's got gingivitis? And I was like, this is so weird, but hilarious. That needs to be a shirt and all the money needs to go to his family. I was legit just thinking that we need we need an mwo shirt says what if he's got gingivitis <laughs> and all the money goes to the windham rotunda absolutely i mean dude, I, we need to do that 
we, we gotta so, figure something out um <laughs> that's, too, that's, that's too awesome good. so i like i don't say anything uh, it's just this random beautiful memory i get to have oh uh, that's so those awesome two having a conversation and they're like okay okay travis come in here and they they put me with Do you have uh, gingivitis <laughs> i should be like bray i have gingivitis um, um but they put me with the real wwe camera guys and they're like hey here's so-and-so um yeah and he puts one of the actual cameras on my shoulder and they're like here's what you do and are, then are I, they pretty heavy they look heavy they are they're heavy yeah, yeah. they're heavy the headsets they're are probably heavy. What, like 30 40 pounds probably it, yeah it's one of those things yeah. where you don't use this muscle right that much, when you're when like, you're just sitting there holding it yeah 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 and so they're they're showing me how right. to zoom, how to focus. Um, and oh, so you were like, like, yeah, live camera. It's a three hundred thousand dollar camera. Jeez. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so they didn't give you just a prop camera. You're Real, like, actually, like you were like level working. camera. Yeah, and so they're hooking me up with everything I need, and all all the WWE cameraman. You can tell like. They've been They're cameraman like for so guy. long. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because when you have your headset on, you can hear everything from the producers, the oh, cameraman, shit. everybody's in your ear. Wow. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> this is a puma. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is this guy, bro? <laughs> and uh, one of the guys, I'd worked with him before at a thing that they did at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, but I got paired up with him and I knew he was a yeah. good guy. And they told me to shoot a stew the guy that John Cena always talks to and Stu's in his headset. And I've never told this before, but Stu goes, Hey, rule number one, don't fucking film a camera guy. And I go, huh? He goes, move the camera off me. And I go, Oh, sorry. (laughs) And I'm sure he's like a super funny guy. They were just razzing me up and just, you know, giving me shit. But I'm like, okay, I'm running a WWE camera. And then we had to do some run throughs. So Triple H is in the ring producing the segment. So he's like, this is not not normal. This is like, no, not at all. Triple H is like doing things with me in the ring, explain stuff to Bray Wyatt, how we want the camera cuts. And so Bray's doing stuff to me, but Bray's doing it live on me. So like I'm holding a real camera and Bray's like coming at me and grabbing the camera and Triple H is like, Bray, that's a real camera. And he's like, I don't know what to do, man. Like, I have to right. feel it. Right. So he's trying to be in the moment because we're trying right. to have this thing. And sure. he's like, they're trying to get it. They only have so much time in the ring. They have to right. get through all these segments. So I'm working with Triple H. And I finally, like, the only thing I asked during the whole segment, he's like, he's going to give you the mandible claw. I go, what do you want me to do? I go, do you want me to dead sell it? Or do you want me to freak out? And he goes, whatever you think. And I go, okay. So... <laughs> We go through our stuff and I'm like jazzed. I'm like, I'm going to have a moment. This is going to be so right. cool. I'm so right. excited. I'm working with Bray Wyatt. This is such a big thing. Triple H is helping with the segment. You're going to get mandible clawed. Like, yeah. You know, you okay. know gingivitis. It's all, all good. Also, mandible claw isn't this down your throat, right? It's hooked behind your teeth. Yeah. Bray Wyatt is an insanely strong man. I was oh, legit God. worried he was like going to rip my teeth out because yeah, he was pulling like are he's you, not, are he's you, not pulling. He's just such an intense, huge man. In the, in the moment, moment, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, there. Just, the, claw, just the grip. It's, it's not claw like, got really real, real fast. Okay, so real quick, it's kind of like one of those things I've heard a lot of people talk about ravishing Rick Rude just when they've shook his hand, mm-hmm. how you can just feel the calluses and just like you can just fucking tell like this dude's like 
Dude, like, this is a man. Dude, he, the, yeah, exactly. He could the, just rip you, you in half. Like if you go watch if you go back and you watch a Bray Wyatt match, like now yeah. when I watch a Bray Wyatt match, I'm like, he is you, like you're getting smashed. That right. man is a brick house Strong. who's running through people. Yeah. Right. And so we we go through some stuff and I'm like, okay, he hasn't given me the claw, but he's telling me how he's gonna give it to me. And I'm like, okay, right. I get this. I'm not I'm not worried. I know I can do this. Now my eyes left eye really really good right eye not so good like when i close it and i only look out my right eye it's fuzzy this is the one i have to look through for the camera part i don't tell anybody that at all so i'm like praying that what i'm shooting i'd be like focus like blinking like like yeah i'm like kind of panicky but i'm like okay i'm all right i'm good um so it comes time for smackdown for the segment right and this is during I go out there, they hook me up, I get put on all the stuff. I'm standing by the ring. And this is during the time where they're doing the full entrance, the glowing door, everything, right? Yeah. No one filled in one of the guys on the side that I was going to be standing out there. So they're getting ready to start Bray's entrance. And all of a sudden I hear in my headset, they're like, who the fuck is by the ring? And I'm like, what? And someone's like, get the fuck down. And I'm like freaking out. So now on the live segment or whatever that we're taping, people are yelling at me in my ear. I can hear this. No one else can, right? Or yeah. all the other people can. So now right. I'm the guy that knows nothing, getting ready to do my segment, freaking out. The first right. thing I did, it felt like I screwed Jeez. up. Right. So, so Bray's making his super elaborate entrance. And when he gets in the ring, I'm supposed to get in the ring. And I know step one is be by the guardrail, get out of the way. He gets in the ring, I get in the ring. Cool. That goes over smoothly. Yes. Awesome. Not screwing up my heart beating faster. It's ever been sure. in the entire life. Like I was not this freaked out during anything else I've done. But when I get in the ring, yeah. I'm like, I could pass out, but I can't. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's like cutting his promo and he's supposed to talk for a while. And then he like kind of stops and fades. And when he stops and fades, I'm supposed to get close. Yeah. And when I get close, he lunges at me. And that's the view they want. Like here with my camera, yeah. they want right. this coming at the camera. He lunges at me, sinks his fingers deep into my mouth behind my teeth. Right. I'm like, rule number one, set the $300,000 camera down safely. He's as like, safe ah. as possible. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> trying to fall it down without breaking it. Right, right. Someone said, be careful, but if it gets broken, it's not your fault. And in, it, in my brain, I'm like, but it is my fault. Yeah. It's, like, it's an Aston so Martin. Fuck it. <laughs> so, so I get the camera. I get the camera I down. It. And then Bray, while he's got me, he like whips me around and throws me down on the canvas. Right. And now I'm struggling. And now all the producers and referees come from the back. Yeah. They pull on me and they finally pull me out. And they yeah. like check on me and they take me in the back. And like when I came to the back, it was just this giant... <laughs> group of people all hugging me being like great job that was so awesome man. Like, I'm like I have gingivitis now <laughs> <laughs> how, how, I, have a, I just have a question it's a stupid question no, how go did ahead, you go know ahead. like when to open your mouth like you to take it you no, just no, 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 you no. have to wait till he goes and you have to be like ah. <laughs> when you see, yeah when, when you Wyatt lunges in, at you, you your mouth you open gotta, you're, you're <gasps> petrified and I'm sure in general you're just like shocked anyway so you're like yeah. ah you know like yeah the funniest part was when I got like taken down everyone's like why were the other cameramen not helping their cameraman they're just filming it and I'm like oh, <laughs> oh it's shit. WWE yeah, yeah exactly I just did what I had to do yeah but the best part um, about all of this and why it's my absolute number one 
top moment at this point in my life, especially with what we've just gone through is everybody hugs me. Everybody is so jazzed. I'm over the moon. I'm checking my teeth to make sure they didn't get ripped out. I'm okay. And then finally Bray comes through and he just comes over to me. He goes, are you good? And I go, I'm awesome, man. He goes, hell yeah, brother. That was great. And he gives me this giant bear hug and he's so sweaty, but he just gives me this giant embrace. And I felt like we accomplished something together that night. And it was like, I just, all the goosebumps just rose on me. And now with what has happened, unfortunately, and the fact that that was a taped one, I got to go home and I watched myself get attacked on SmackDown, just like I watched myself wrestle on Raw, just like I watched myself wrestle on AEW Dark. It's the moment of moments for me to be in the ring with Bray Wyatt and Triple H filming a segment, going through something which honestly was more stressful than being a pro wrestler out there and nailing it to everyone going like, I knew that was you. I thought that was you. That totally. And I'm like, yeah, man. And then when I tell people like it was me and Triple H, Bray Wyatt in the ring, in a WWE ring, producing a segment, making sure it goes exactly the way it went down. Like this is going to take something real big to, to top, to top that. And to not to take anything away from like my in-ring debut on Monday night raw with an actual match where I got to wrestle, but just the magnitude of the people I got to work with that day. That's my absolute top moment when it comes to, Hey, I got into professional wrestling and I got to seriously live my dream with some of the greatest that have ever done it. Cause you may wow. not have been able That's to do uh, that or be as oddly, maybe not be as involved, you know, with, with triple H directly or, you know, things like that. Like if you would have just had a match. Yeah. Right. And I, when you're a WWE, and it's weird to think about that way, but yeah, when you're a WWE extra, one of the things that they send you in the email, it's just kind of like a list of do's and don'ts. And at the very bottom of that list is don't talk to Triple H, don't talk to Vince McMahon, don't talk to Stephanie McMahon. Essentially, if anyone you know is extremely important, you don't talk to them unless they talk to you. And that's like rule number one be as respectful as possible when you're in that environment. And the fact that I got to be involved with a segment where that man got to talk to me and I got to actually relay a question or two back and forth around this beautiful segment we got to make, like got to work with one of the all time top best that I got to grow up absolutely hating his guts. And that's because he was one of the best to ever do it. Right. And and I mean, just like Billy said, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, yeah, you just didn't get to have a regular generic match with, and, and I'm not knocking anybody that you could have potentially had a match with, but like, to be able to have that I mean, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like even if, even if I think back to like the most recent uh most recent podcast, right? Like we've been talking endless, endlessly time after time about this gobbledygooker figure. Yeah. The gobbledygooker is nothing, but it has lived in infamy because of that segment. And they thought right. they'd make it into something, but it never did. But it's a segment that that person had a had to do something they nailed it and it lived on forever. And right. it might be Hector Guerrero's most memorable thing. 100%. And, and most will never know that it was even him. Yeah. Right. And, and all the, little... the accolades and all the great wrestling he's done and his family and all that. Right. It's all still. Eh, I know. I literally just found out it was him just right now, you know. <laughs> Like, so, there you go. Yeah, like I can, <laughs> I can, I can wrestle for the for the end yeah. till the ends of time. But when I think about stuff, I'm like, I was, I got to be a damn good cameraman with real equipment and yeah. not and not screw up for Bray Wyatt or Triple H. 
right and they they, out of my pants for eric rowan (laughs) i got to be called a broke-ass christopher daniels for max caster you know i mean kind of looking back at your history here you got a pretty big uh it's a good synopsis with the wyatt family here you know i mean eric rowan okay do you want wyatt and then of course do you want my luke take wyatt here you want my luke harper we need it we need it we need it i do okay so i uh, I realistically have a little bit of something with all members of the Wyatt family. So my Luke Harper story is I got to be a part of um, the weekend. I was doing my Monday night raw match. I was a part of a whole loop. We did SmackDown TLC 2019 and then Monday night raw. I worked all for all three of those events. Well, I think it was at TLC um, in Minneapolis. That was also at the target center. I was a part of King Corbin's security, mm-hmm. um, but we got to, um, we me and a friend were just walking around backstage. We were killing time. And, um, cause he's like, he's just tra- having a heart to heart with me about pro wrestling. And I'm like, okay, man, let's go for a walk. And we're walking. And this is the time where Rowan and Harper, they're the bludgeon brothers, right? Mm. So they're full on bludgeon brother gear in the back. And we're standing by this barricade and there's like a yellow thing that you can't go across. Cause on the other side, that's where the talent is. So we're talking, I'm having a heart to heart with him. He's talking to me a bunch, but my peripheral sees these two huge men full bludgeon brother gear (laughs) and they're probably 30 feet away right (laughs) and then for some reason i noticed they're walking towards us because we're just talking and i notice it my friend doesn't and he's talking to me and i keep like looking and they keep walking and harper harper and rowan they walk all the way up all the way up to the thing, like immediately right next to us. And my friend finally notices. And like, I look and he looks and then they both kind of turn their head and then they just walk off. And I'm like, they were, they were trying to scare the shit out of us and their full get up. And in my brain, I get, I just imagine like Luke Harper being like, Hey, let's go over there and scare those kids. There's a big ass hammer. So that's my that's my only fun interaction that I have with that's Luke, Luke so cool. that's yeah. awesome. Now, if we tie around at least I love it. If we tie around Braun Strowman to this, um, the one thing I did with Braun is at one point him and Kevin Owens a long time ago were in a feud, and on Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens went hit in a porta potty. <laughs> Braun Strowman tied this big thing around this porta potty, right? And he drags it all the way out onto the stage. And Kevin Owens is in the porta potty. Well, Braun runs at the porta potty and he shoves it off the stage. Kevin Owens yeah. is covered in this blue goo um, that's supposed to be the stuff inside the toilet in there. Yeah. And then two paramedics run out and they're checking on Kevin Owens because he just got shoved off the stage. You got so much blue goo and, on you, sir. And I uh, was one of the paramedics that was you checking on goo. Kevin Owens <laughs> after Braun Strowman had shoved him off the stage. So oh, I do God. have a little bit of history with all members That's of the cool. Wyatt family. Wow. Awesome. So two of them have physically assaulted me. Um, <laughs> the other two have well, I, I, I tell you existing. what, brother. This Wyatt family member right here, if I ever see you at a major pod show, I will physically assault you too. I appreciate that. No problem. You know, whether whether you want a clothesline, <laughs> jackknife, powerbomb, or a mandible oh, claw, Jesus. I will give you whatever you want. Give me a Maybe even a Boston no, crab. That's you're gonna that's, give that's, him gingivitis. <laughs> yeah. I got I gotta bring uh Isaac Yankum with me. No, so yeah, we can make absolutely. sure we get you uh, some some gingivitis. Appreciate that. Hell yeah. <laughs> so there's a story of almost having uh, a match or something uh, with Matt Cardona. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So a couple of years ago, we were finally going to get what, what everyone in the world of professional wrestling has been salivating for, for years. Mm-hmm. And that is Roy Fox versus Matt Cardona. Yes. No more exploding trunks match. We were actually what Matt kept saying was the tuxedo match, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were going to get Rory Fox against Matt Cardona. And I was like, I was so excited because I'm like, Matt Cardona is going to wrestle at my promotion. And I was going to get to wrestle Trevor Murdoch at the time. Oh. And, he, and he had won the NWA World Championship. Right. So I'm like, I have a huge match, but I'm like stoked for Rory and Cardona. Right. So this was a huge night for us. Um, and then Rory slips and destroys his quad. And they're like, I guess no Rory. And they're like, what do we do? We book Cardona. We need to do use him for something. And they're like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do JT Energy versus Matt Cardona. And the winner is going to face Trevor Murdoch. Oh. And I'm like, oh. okay. <laughs> and if I'm pulling back the, the curtain, it was yeah. going to be JT Energy beats, beats Matt Cardona and then beats Trevor Murdoch. And I was going to have the, the match of a lifetime or the night of a lifetime, I should say. Um, but things, obviously things changed. Um, not for for that price, pal, he he goes out there and unfortunately, uh, Cardona gets jacked up. Uh, Hey, there it is. Bridge city slam. What a night. What a night. Wow. Someone's yeah. not on the poster though. Uh, yeah. Whenever they whenever they book the legends, they have like a secondary no, poster and locals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that one, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, you get the exclusive <laughs> loser? And and for all I know, in my brain, um, I was super stoked because I, I wanted to see yeah. Roy versus Matt. But when Roy got hurt, I'm like, hey, this is my opportunity. Yeah. I mean, what better way could I ask? I'm gonna take on uh, Matt Cardona and Trevor Murdoch, and oh, dude, in theory, be... I'm supposed to win both those matches. But things awesome. things change. Matt got sure. hurt. Then we have a hurt guy versus hurt guy promo. Um, <laughs> we still have not got Rory versus Cardona, but fingers crossed it happens someday. I did face Trevor Murdoch that night. Um, yep. Rory did help me, and I beat Trevor Murdoch that night. So um, that was that was very fun. So we almost had JT Energy versus a. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cardona. Now, the one thing, Matt, that night, I'm like, okay, Cardona, he's a little standoffish. I get it um, because the man's busy. He's doing his stuff. There's probably only so many people he wants to talk to inside the locker room versus people that are coming to see him who are the fans. But when we're in the locker room, um, I had I had heard on the podcast they talked about niacin. And niacin, if you're tan, you take it and it gives you a full flush of blood which makes you yeah. extremely red. And when you're mm. red from that, it's the it's the rush of all the blood to your skin. And if you're tan, yeah. it makes you look even tanner. And I didn't know about that. And so I'm like, I'm like, hey, I heard you talk about niacin. What is this? Right. I'm very yeah. interested in this. And he told me about it. And from that day forward, I've been taking niacin before almost every match that I can because it just gives you that it's like the part of pre-workout that gives you that rush of blood. Yeah. But it comes in the form of just like a capsule. And when I went and bought it, 
the lady's like, you don't want full flush, do you? I go, oh, yeah, full flush. <laughs> and she's like, have you ever taken it before? I go, oh, no. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> we got a newbie on aisle six. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my major takeaway that I got. Uh, I talked to Matt major a little bit that away. night. So, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the major takeaway of the week? Why isn't that a segment? Come on, guys. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> right here. Only on MWO. We get major takeaway of the week. So that's my little story with uh, what oh. almost was with Matt Card- Cardona. And I know he's yeah. the indie god. So if I'm lucky enough someday before that man gets re-signed somewhere that's smart enough to book him he up. He'll be the gingivitis god. Yeah. Just hey, fine. book. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, we get, get me on FWF is gingivitis. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Gin. Gin. Javitis. JT Gingivitis. There we go. JT stands for Ginger Tavitis. Ginger Tavitis. Ginger Vitus. And we can have uh, Andrew Husvar DS. Ginger Vitus. Come out and uh, help help facilitate this. Man. Do a little dental work on Mr. Cardona. I'm the the indie dentist. Burt Baker comes and helps us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. <clears throat> oh shit! So yeah, I mean, and, and I knew it would be like this, and maybe I didn't realize to this extent, but yeah, I knew that we would get some great stories. But Dude, like, I, I legit, I, I legit, I know, I know what yep. you're gonna say, Billy, <laughs> but like, I want to go make a grilled cheese sandwich oh, and go get God. some tomato basil <laughs> soup and just fucking chill and hang out and like refurbish my body with that deliciousness and then you know continue on with this podcast for another episode uh, wait, wait, i have no idea what you, so i like mean i like grilled cheese but what does that have I'm to just, do with continuing no i need to refurbish because Got we've it. already ran through this well, episode it's well not quite not quite no we have to stop you stop we have you to s- talk about rory fox rory Hey, Mike, you want you want you want to know some deep cuts on Rory Fox? Oh, I got I got yeah. the I got the goods on Rory oh, Fox. Oh yeah, I don't know. We might have some goods too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what you got? so since I've been involved in professional wrestling, it, in some point or another, I have been aligned or feuded with Rory Fox. We have mm-hmm. been a part of a stable. And I have also had singles uh, competition with him. Now, okay, if anyone ever dives deep on Mr. Rory Fox when it comes to um, what he's done in his professional wrestling career. Yes. Not only has he performed as Rory Fox, but he has also performed as Gil, Gil Rogers. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with the beauty of YouTube, uh, maybe one of the most insane things happened between me and Mr. Uh, Gil Rogers. Uh, Rory Fox will probably deny this, but it's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, we built up a little storyline And the one thing that I'm not all that happy about is I forgot my knee pads the night that we wrestled for this match. Mm. And I'm not, I didn't like what I was wearing. It just felt very weird and thrown together. Um, But we had a kiss my ass match (laughs) and Mr. Roy Fox did, sorry, Mr. Gil Rogers did not win. And there is video and photo evidence of that man's face being pushed directly into my butt cheeks um, for (laughs) for the world to see. And uh, if there's one thing that I can tell you about professional wrestling is the people that like professional wrestling can be weirdos and can be freaks. And I will tell you the weirdest message, weirdest messages I have ever got 
were <laughs> when that match got released because people were like, where can I see that match? Are you going to wrestle again? Do you have any pictures of that? And I'm just like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have done that, man, because the creeps came out once we uh, had a dude being shoved into another dude's butt. Uh, pro wrestling got real weird, and then all the weirdos were like, yes, give us yeah. more. And I'm like, never mind. Let's not oh do that God. ever again. But uh, me and Gil Rogers had quite the rivalry. Gil Rogers teamed up with Glacier, WCW's Glacier. And, I had, and tag, Glacier. I, had, I had a tag team match against them, and I couldn't have been happier to let Glacier throat chop me. So. Nice. It was very fun. Uh, me and Rory Fox have had quite the uh, amount of battles uh, over the years. Nice. And I've been I'm very happy to see that he's coming back from his injury. Um, and hopefully we can uh, share the ring again someday because JT Energy is always uh, seems to be on the opposite side of the ring because Rory Fox is also very, very good at being always angry and sometimes always happy, but mostly always angry. Yeah. Um, and sometimes JT energy can be a good guy. He's been a guy. He's been a bad guy. 90% of his career. But when he's a good guy, I love to fight Rory Fox. He Dude. also split you open. Oh God. The number um, of months, right? You would have thought you would have thought that would be in the forefront of my memory. Um, <laughs> yes. My biggest injury in professional wrestling came at the hands of Rory Fox because oh, no. um, <laughs> unfortunately um, when you talk about stuff in pro wrestling, it always doesn't work out that way. So on the 4th of July, I'm having the greatest day of my life. And here we go. We're going to perform for the fans of Clinton, Iowa. And we come out. We start the show with a promo. Rory Fox is like, blah, blah, blah. This town sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Give me the championship. I come out saying, no way. You don't. They don't suck. You suck. Should I beat him up? Here we go. This man hits me with one punch, two punch. I'm going to duck the third punch. Well, that didn't work because the punch came directly into my face oh. right here. Oh, split, man. split me open so big that I had to go to the hospital and get stitches. Me as a pro wrestler, I'm like, nah, baby, Sabu, super glue that thing shut. My fiance was like, if you think pro wrestling's fake, I'll show you me beating up fake. And I'm like, okay, babe, I love you. I'm going to listen to you. We have a we have a wedding coming up. I probably should look as good as possible. Let's go get stitches. Let's let's. I'm going to take my pride. I'm going to reel it back and realize <laughs> if I if I have health insurance through my job, why don't I use it? Right. Because I had this giant gash on my face from Rory Fox punching me. It wasn't even a good punch. It was just in the perfect spot. And I was so mad. Bad timing. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Rory. Thanks, that guy. He's a jerk, man. So he, I go to the, I go to the hospital. library Wi-Fi, too. I get like five stitches in my face. The nurse that looked at it, she goes, that's honestly the deepest wound I've ever seen like that before. I'm like, even better. I'm like, babe, take some more pictures. I'm making he a vlog out of this. He breast knocked you, didn't he? Uh, the, yeah, I think he's like Lex Luger. He's got bionic hands. Yeah. Lex Gil yes. Rogers slash But Rory, Rory Fox, Fox has uh, busted me open. And thank goodness that's the worst injury I've ever had in pro wrestling. No broken Fox bones. Express. No the Fox Whatever Express else. is coming to a city near you. But that, that's my most recent Rory Fox story yeah. is unfortunately injury based. <laughs> yeah. Good Bad stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah. we should move on to our final segment of the show. Uh, you know, 
Travis Door, welcome to hang out with us if you want. Yeah. Is the yeah, what's the what's, what's the, the final bit? It's the questions of the questions. week from the fans. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Let's let's see what so, they got. So so every yeah. week it gets posted uh, in the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Facebook group. Oh if Jake, Husfar, or myself pick one of your questions, we will send you a free four by six because we are too cheap for eight by tens. They're not free. <laughs> we we have to pay for them. Well, you guys don't. They're free for you. We do. <laughs> so um yeah, uh, we'll go yeah. through these real quick, find them, know, and boy, then... It's uh, so a little late ski, my bad. Uh, hey, you know what? Got a decent amount jo- of questions that pop Joshua in. Stapleton. Stapleton. I had a couple of beers. Joshua Stapleton says, you should apologize to all of us, Jake. I'm sorry, some bitch. Hmm. hmm. I think... Hmm. All right. Joey Hudson. Okay. If you were a little kid in 2023, you stole my question. What Halloween costume would you be picking? Either what 11-year-old you would pick from Modern Choices, or what current kids' costume do you wish came in adult sizes? <laughs> what? Uh, it's confusing. I want to be Gil Rogers. <laughs> Why do I have to be 11? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that means I was born in. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> yeah. Or what current kids' um, costume do you wish came in adult sizes? Don't they make both? Yeah, they definitely <laughs> I'm just going to answer the first part. Yeah, I think what if you were a little kid now, what costume would you be picking? Right. In 2023. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, I know. Man, this is easy for me. There's a brand new Ninja Turtles of movie course. out. That's what I was just thinking. I'm. Getting one of those new Ninja nice. Turtle costumes. That's well, which which one are you gonna be though, Billy? Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, very easy for me, dude. Uh, this year, I would hope that they make a full size. Even though I'd be a little kid, I would want to walk around asking for candy. Yeah. Um, and going up to every door saying, "Let me talk to you." Let me talk. To I you. want little LA Knight yeah. coming up to my doorstep. And that's if I was say. a little kid right now, I would be running through the streets of my town going snickers yeah m&ms yeah (laughs) yes yeah um for me it'd probably be like superhero related like blue beetle Mm -hmm. or uh like anita jones or probably like batman batman 89 you know um you know probably 11 uh, apparently 11 year old me would you know probably watch batman 89 um so I'm going probably one of the superhero nice. pop culture. You That's know, cool. Ones. I would I would definitely go Robert Pattinson, Batman, the Batman. I mean, All right. That's what I that's what I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna pick Sal Davalos's question, which yeah, is, right. um, <laughs> what is your guy's favorite major pod hat that you must wear all the time? Um. So this one's tough for me because there's like a couple I kind of like have on circulation that I wear all the time. Um, this one I wear, this is probably like my go-to, um, you know, for those listening, it's just the major pod logo, the black hat with the gray trucker. Um, there's probably the So that's the one from Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, they're all, yeah, essentially mm-hmm. most of them that I wear Pro Wrestling T ones. Um, but this one's like probably my like original like go-to like if it's raining out, I'll wear it. Like I could buy another one. Like where's if it gets ruined type of one. 
Um, I wear the FWF one quite a lot, and then like I wear the like Cardona logo and the Myers uh, skull one um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. But it depends on the day. Depends on if I'm going to a show or like if I'm working a cap show. I wear the cap hat, or you know, don't wear a hat at all. Um, so yeah, really, the those ones are my go tos. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that I end up wearing the most is that Live Seven Stomp hat. It's yeah, you just, wear that all the time. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a tough one. It's just like, it's just comfy. It, it that one like it is it's soft. Okay, that hat does legit like it is very comfortable, but it's so hard to display. You know, well, what I mean? we're talking. Just, what ones do we wear? I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, I don't right. like it, but it fits good. It's just like you know, it's just very, uh, it's airy. It doesn't feel like I'm wearing like much of a hat. It's you know, like, like, well, it's not like if I if I wear this, like this is a like a big, hefty, sturdy hat. <laughs> ah, whatever. Um, that the other one is just very comfortable. Yes, you know. Agreed. So, um, that's what I go with. Well, so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go with uh the live four hat. The that's the black one that says major in, in red. red. Yep. Yeah, it's just the black with the red, not the red with the black, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, not not the uh the alternate version, the the original release, that one. I just got I, that I, one actually uh oh, did couple, you? like from Matt's whatnot. He was per- when nice. he was purging the extra pot items. Oh wow. Like, the one I like love yeah. the most yeah i mean there, there's quite a few i mean my my favorite is the live two hat but uh just because i had such a difficult time getting that one but um the the live four hats probably the one i wear the most it's pretty rare but it's just i have a lot of you know jordan shoes that i like to match with that so like the chicago colorways it's kind of kind of hard to uh you know not go with that hat you know when i when i go out and uh you know, where that when I'm trying to rep the major pod and you know, wear some Jordans as well. Gotta go with that. Yeah. Yep. Travis, do you have any uh major I, pod hats? I don't have a major pod oh. hat. I am still what? waiting on my first piece of major pod merchandise to purchase. Whoa. Okay. I I have free eight by tens, I have magnets, I have all the fun stuff because I've got my review. I've had my questions um, answered on the pod. I've had a couple of things there, but a lot of things that I tend to collect nowadays or invest into, I wait for it to spark the right moment to make it mean more. Mm-hmm. So like the reason, like just the other day, I went to Walmart and my most recent figure is I bought the Ruthless Aggression Tory figure with her dog because because I went to a show, just a live event when she was doing the dog thing and I saw her in a parking lot get out of a car with Victoria and I went up to him. I'm like, oh my God, can I please have a picture? Yeah, And that was maybe the second picture I've ever taken with like a WWE superstar when they were under contract. And I thought like it's on, you know, the flip it back, click, hope it turns out. So I got my picture taken with Victoria and Tori Wilson, but she had her dog. And so like a lot of the stuff that I collect nowadays, it's one of those things where it's just those moments. And I have listened to the major wrestling figure podcast for so long and I've invested into the community 
And I've thought to myself for a long time, I'm like, man, you should probably buy a shirt. You don't even have a shirt. Mm. And honestly, like when Cardona came to Bridge City Slam, I'm like, man, I finally get to see him. Um, I'm hoping I really have this interaction. And like when we talked that night, like we talked a little bit, but like I didn't have that. Damn, Matt was so cool moment to me, like right. where I had that connection with him because yeah. he was doing his own thing and he's a busy dude. But like, those are the things where I'm like, there's going to be a moment in time where I'm going to be like, yep, I need to buy that one. And that's the reason. Or if someday in the future, I'm ever lucky enough to actually go to a live show, bam, the live shows where I buy it or something like that. It's like when I, right. I've, gone, I've gone to two WrestleManias now and I buy like a, I have one where I bought the baseball jersey and I have one where I bought the football jersey and I'm splurging on those things because I'm in the environment and I'm oh, like, man. I'm here. So it's one of those things where I'm waiting for that major pod moment where I can walk into the event and I'm like, I don't have anything major pod, but today's the day where I finally get to have the thing yeah. to be attached to the moment that I'm going to invest into. So it's Damn. not that I definitely don't want to. So it's not that I'm trying to not to support the community or the boys. I'm just waiting right. for that time to spark. Thing. And, yeah. and just because you just said that, like you had the football jersey, the baseball jersey, like live 11, they had the basketball jersey, mm -hmm. like the Orlando style jersey. I felt I feel like that would have been like a perfect segue into like something that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Kind of, you know, yeah, it's just you got to you got to kind of find something that uh is important to you and something that you want to collect in and earn yeah. invest in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, how would you feel if, if somebody just sent you something, you know, um, like, yes, that, so like that would be attached to mm -hmm. a moment, right? Like I would right. be like, Hey, I've, I've had these little snippets of being attached to the sure. major wrestling figure podcast, right. a thing that I'd never one, I didn't think it was going to grow to what it's become or form the right. community that it has or open up a thing like this where somehow right. through my pro wrestling journey, I got to talk to you guys because you talk about the major marks and the major wrestling figure podcast. Right. So like if I show up here and then next week I have people that are like, whoa, I listened to the podcast and thank you so much for saying this or that or whatever. If something showed up like that's amazing. That's yeah. that's a. A meaningful thing that's happening to me in my life i could right. absolutely go to my closet find one thing i'm never going to wear again throw it away or donate it and now have something to replace it that means something or has a story attached right. to it so right mm -hmm. oh, that's really cool all right jake last question yes. all right so i'm going to go with uh jeffrey cherniak he says what's your favorite movie with a wrestler cameo Oh, cameo Ooh. only. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of got this now because I was. Oh. <laughs> I know. I exactly go, I, oh, I know. Yeah, what I'm I, I just kind of screwed up because we're you know, all probably thinking the same thing. Well, cameo is not necessarily like the lead actor. No, they just appear. Shit. I just screwed up. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cameo. Sorry. They're just yep, a quick. Yep. yep. A little quick, ready. you know, oh, maybe guess... maybe they're a background character that show that's there for a little while, but like they're not a yeah, main character. Yeah, they're not a main guy. So I totally screwed this up when I picked this. Thank you, Jeffrey. What were you um, gonna say? I was gonna say Mr. Nanny Hulk Hogan, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's or saying. Suburban Commando. You if, know. if you pick Suburban Commando, you still can do a cameo. You can you know yeah. what? There You're 100 right and. Mr. JT Energy, I want to thank you for this. <laughs> Let me just start off with 
my good friend Marcus Calloway, aka the Marcus. Undertaker in Suburban Commando. How wild! Will, thank you. I, you saved my answer. <laughs> so I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a dead man, Ramsey. For me, hands down, it's Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Spider-Man. Oh, ooh, yes. Bonesaw. 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 Yeah. Ready? Three you know, minutes. Yeah. Not two. One is a, is an obvious, and I'll just, I'll go with this. Um, And then after, you know, oh. Travis is done too, I'll, I'll mention the other one just for funsy, but um, Captain Insano. Oh, well, yeah. The course. giant in Waterboy. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, do you know what other movie he was in? Um, yeah, Jingle uh, All the Way. Ah, you bet you remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember. So, Travis, Terry Funk, Roadhouse. That was oh. the other one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to steal it, so that's a good one. That's a Terry great. Funk is also oh, yeah. in Over the Top with Stallone. I heard mm-hmm. that the other oh, day. Shit. So is uh, that's right. He is. Scott Norton finished with you. I remember. Oh my God, dude. Dude, That that is like peak Terry Funk. When I see him in those movies, I'm like, damn, Terry looks stacked. He He was bad. Oh my God. What about, uh, we got to, speaking of uh, Terry, well, we're going to go to Carrie Von Eric, Texas Tornado and Problem Child. Problem Child? Really? Didn't even realize. I, I did previously know this. But earlier, like I, so I've been out of the group for like the last, not out of the group, but I've been out of the internet for like the last week. Um, uh, I think Shawnee last earlier in the week, he had posted something about Carrie Von Eric. He's he's in Problem Child in the in the jail scene with. Oh, uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Now yeah, that you say with, that, uh, that's like sparking a memory that's Kramer, never existed Kramer. till right now. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. Oh wow. It's like it's like he's just got a small little tiny tiny cameo. I gotta pull it up right now. Hmm. But uh yeah, I I uh I've you, seen Problem Child, but it's not one well, that like I've gone to a bunch of bow tie times, killer, so. man. What what about the uh what about the great Collie in the longest yard? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And that one is just full of them. Oh yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers yeah, in there. Nash, Stone yeah, yeah, Cold, yeah. uh I can one? I can remember Goldberg. I can remember when I saw that movie and they like panned where the, you see like the side profile of how tall Kali is. is I'm like, there? this guy is monstrous. Look okay, see, I did see that picture. Yeah, and like I said, yeah. Problem Child is just not like a thing that registers right. with me a lot. Yeah, so same. I didn't really right. think much of it. How oh, yeah. Okay, that's a fun That's crazy. I mean, I love that man. He is yeah. huge. A, yeah, he's a oh yeah, and Carrie Von Eric was no slouch, dude. I mean, right, but I mean, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm He's I'm a, so I, pumped that Lip from Shameless is playing him in the uh, in the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited about that movie. Me too. But. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. All right, that was it's a fun question. Yeah, it was great. Good times. All right, well, Travis Horn, JT Energy. Yes, really appreciate you coming on and doing this yeah, with man. us. Seriously. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank a lot you. of fun. <laughs> hearing all these great stories and and again i think uh i think there's a lot of uh motivation you know for for people that are seeking out to do whatever it is they want to that can come from this um, yeah. and some uh unique perspectives on how to look at at different things so a lot of fun thank you uh all three of you thank you so much for not only just 
giving me your two hours and 13 minutes tonight um, <laughs> because that's this is the stuff um, I I always I always tell people that I over the last couple of years, I'm really making it a thing to increase my digital footprint when it comes to what I want people to be able to find someday in case I'm never not here. Mm. So any of these opportunities I ever get that are going to go out to people's ears, eyes, whatever they might be. I just, I really appreciate that because you're just another beautiful little building block in the story that I'm getting to cultivate day by day. I like that. Uh, thank you, man. I mean, happy we, to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're honored, honestly. It's, uh, it's, um, I mean, your story just tonight, I mean, it really, really touched me tonight. So, you know, thank you for spending your time with us. And there's a lot of, um, you know, things that you had said that uh, really captivated me. And, you know, obviously, if I was, again, if I was 10, 15 years younger, uh, definitely motivational. I mean, that's, that's the least I can say. Well, it, if so if anything, um, it wears off more day by day. It hurts the most the days that it happens. And then every day stuff gets better, right? But um, whether like we're today's 9-11. Um, yeah. If uh, it's some, I saw a thing today that kind of resonated with me and it was like every don't you should live every day like it's September 12th because mm. it's the overwhelming insanity of emotions that took over everybody on that time period. Yeah. And it, it, every time something catastrophic happens, your mind gets this insane rush of what should I do? How should I do it? Blah, blah, blah. And that's the kind of weird thing that we all get stuck in, in life on our day to day basis, whether it be our jobs, our families, our whatever it might be we get we are all creatures of habit for the most part but every day you you have those 24 hours but you probably only need like two minutes to do something that you've never done before or two yeah. minutes less than a minute to shoot a message to someone that you haven't talked to in a long time right. say something good to someone who you haven't talked to in a while or say a compliment to somebody who never thought that you would reach out to them and say a compliment. Right. Um, one of my things I've done every now and then is I will shoot. I don't FaceTime my friends, but every now and then I'll like make a video of like 30 seconds and then I'll send them that video just in yeah. case anything ever happened. They have a video and I, I strongly stress video because we can always hear people and resonate on who, how their voice used to make us feel. But when you can see people's emotions on their face, it really resonates differently with you. And I can remember I went back and watched like uh, there was a VHS of an old Christmas with my grandpa who passed away and I could see him and I could hear him. And I it flooded me with those emotions. Um, so when it comes down to it, yes, I want to motivate people to do anything in their life, whether it's just go to the gym one time or completely change your life around and become a professional wrestler. <laughs> but either way, just like find those moments of gratitude, find, find your daily affirmations and share them with people. So that way, those people who are kind of stuck in that little bit of bubble of negativity, help them kind of come out of it. Don't wear the burden of being the positive person all the time, because that can be a heavy, heavy weight on the shoulders. But 
find your little piece that you can help build everybody kind of up. So you can have good energy or you can have bad energy, but the good, the good feels good. I love that. It's whichever, awesome. And that whichever wolf you decide is JT to feed. energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. I'm the mystery. The mystery. <laughs> 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 no, perfectly said, uh, yep. could expand on that, but really no need to. That was, that was great. And thank you again for being part of the show and Husfar. Take us out. Play my mysterious music. I got Galoom, a Hasbro Dusty. I got the merch that drives the marks while the ring-worn gear, they want to wear it. H-A-R-D, just like Blue Chew. I'm just a major mark. Major mark. I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy. I'm just a major mark. Major mark. I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy. Claim all the figs. Claim all the merch. Like Super Gabby. You already know the Michael Jordan. And Scotty Pippen. With Phil Jackson. Always scratching that itch. I'm just a major mark. Major mark. I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy. I'm just a major mark. Major mark. I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy. Hey, all you major marks. Claim all that merchandise. 